Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, welcome back to Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. So tonight, tonight, I love to start off real chipper. And you know what? We're going to keep it chipper anyway. We are. We are dedicating tonight's show to Kirby. So you guys know that we have been praying for Kirby and we've been praying for Rose for the past several weeks. And Kirby went on to be with Jesus yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he went home once he got home. Yeah. They moved him home. And he, uh, this is what I'm saying. The peace of God came over him yeah. being in the familiar sense. Um, and I mean like sense, like what you can smell and yeah. then sense what you can sense. Yeah. Um, and the Holy Spirit in their home mm. and that peace that comes over you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go home. When you go home, enabled Kirby to go home. Yeah. And so we are dedicating tonight's Revelation Red Pill episode 47 to Kirby and not just to Kirby, um, but yes, to Kirby, but to everybody that's gone through or going through something hard like this. Yeah. And there's a lot of confusion. I did get an update from Jim Cates a little bit ago, um, about Candy. She went into surgery. It's very interesting because Candy and Kirby had pretty much the same exact thing happen to them, a brain aneurysm. And they both had a giant portion of their skull removed. Um, I know. Isn't that crazy? I know. Uh, and and uh, and so today, Candy went into surgery to have her portion of her skull put back on. Mm-hmm. And Jim says, Candy just got out of surgery. This was at around 7. And everything went perfect, just waiting to mm-hmm. see her. They delayed her surgery twice today. Sorry it took so long to update. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have been in prayer for Jim and Candy, um, as well as Kirby and mm-hmm. Rose. And so... One can argue or ask the question, Mm -hmm. why did Candy live? Why did Kirby die? You know, you can go through all these different scenarios in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And and these are questions that are very real. Mm -hmm. We had someone recently reach out to us and ask about their daughter who died and they're angry at the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Like, I get it. A mother of six children. Yeah. Young, about my age. Yes. And so... These are questions that that the church generally shies away from because they don't have answers. And the answers that they do have aren't that comforting. Kind of reader digest. They are a little bit reader reader digest. Um, And so Leah got a word from the Lord today and decided to dedicate tonight's show to Kirby. And let's go. Let's go down this path. Why not? Why aren't we talking about these things why aren't we talking about when you die, you don't die, right? You know, I, this sounds a little cheesy, but I, I grew up watching the Pirates of the Caribbean and I loved, I loved them so much. And there's one portion where Davy Crockett, you know, says, do you fear death? 
You know it, what I mean? Is like, it, is it? Isn't it Davy Crockett? Not Davy Crockett. It's the other one. Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Thank you. Hey, Leah. Be nice. You got <laughs> lipstick on your teeth. Do you fear death? Davy Crockett. Davy Jones. Davy Jones locker. Davy Davy Crockett did not forget. If he died, where did he die? <laughs> the Alamo. <laughs> But seriously, do you? Do you fear death? Do you fear yeah. death? No. You know what Jesus said? Um, he said up, that probably. there is no greater love than this. Mm. Then a person would lay down their life. For their friends. For their friends. That is an absolutely profound statement. And the ultimate of like... It, you you go you, you don't pass go mm. or you go pass go you collect $200 right you win the game right you go straight to martyrville in heaven like you get all the gifts you get all the yeah. treasures you've, you've just done it like mm-hmm. you've done life yeah if you've given your life for someone you've you've done all that you can do yeah that's good right yeah and impressed upon my spirit today was we need more preachers to preach about heaven. Mm-hmm. We need more preachers to preach about hell. Come on. We need more preachers to preach about selfless living. Mm. And we need more preachers to preach about rewards in heaven. Come on. You see, Jesus, in our Revelation Red Pill, one of the, the main themes that we're trying to get across to everybody we have for past year. Are we coming on a one-year anniversary? Do we pass it up? I don't know. Hmm. I thought we'd have some sort of special. I was going to do a special, like, 50 episodes. Oh, I thought one-year anniversary, 50. Okay, I get you. Either one. We should, there's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah, but we probably missed a few weeks. Okay. Okay. So we got to be coming up on it, yeah. Hmm. I don't think we've missed one. Yeah, Corey we and Jason I know, filled but I think in there was, on... like, one or two that we missed. Okay. I'll find out. Keep talking. All right. What episode is this? 47. Okay. All right. All right. You're going to see when the first one was. I am. It was to get us to fight, to get us to get into the fight, not give up, and bring heaven into earth. Along the way, we discovered some really great benefits of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that is the promises of Abraham. Yeah. Which is land, family, and all those things. Mm-hmm. But we have to weigh those promises of Abraham in the balance of sometimes you're called to be the disciples who go out and give up those things. Mm-hmm. But they're yours. That's good. But they're yours. Yeah. They're yours. And I think that we have we, we don't have the proper balance of what the kingdom message truly is. The ki- So the 22nd of February. Of February. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, that would be so. The the so that it would be so. We sounds like we did. We missed one week. This is okay. forty seven. Mm-hmm. Next week we just missed one. No, fifty two. Oh wow! You're right. I can't do math. I was thinking fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it's you and not me. So along the way, we discovered that there's all these blessings that we should be receiving and we're not, Amen. which is land and family, because we haven't understood how to get those blessings as a nation, because those blessings come upon you nationally, mm. right? And as Christians, and in a Christian nation, we actually 
had those blessings. Everybody, right. if you read our founding fathers, if you read the Founders Bible, everybody is saying, I can't believe how blessed we are. I can't believe yeah. how blessed this land is. We have everything that we need here in America, right? And that's what happens when a whole nation makes God their Lord. That's good. Right? And the message of the kingdom is that we're supposed to go and preach, follow Jesus so that you, you, we can manifest the kingdom so that people can be blessed, people mm-hmm. can be healed, um, people can be feeded, tr- treated fairly so that there can be justice. Because where Jesus is preached, there's justice, there's fairness, there's righteousness, and people are healthy and happy. Along the way, when things go off course, you're going to have a Daniel. Yeah, You're going to have a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're going to have a Nehemiah. You're going to have an Ezra. You're going to have the twelve. You're going to have the twelve disciples. You're going to have a Paul. You're going to have people who lay down their lives, mm-hmm. their farms, their way of living, their prosperity to get everything back on track. The angel said, "Jesus or the angel, an angel." I'm trying to remember if it was specific, if it was Gabriel or whoever was talking to Daniel in chapter 11 or 12. He says, go your way, Daniel, and shut these books, shut these words up. Mm-hmm. For the time that I'm talking about, and we, if you haven't watched our Daniel episode, please go back and watch it because we break down the book of Daniel and how it was prophesying Jesus coming, and it's awesome. Go your way, Daniel, for the time is long, mm-hmm. and and your reward will will be when when this prophecy is fulfilled. You'll rise up. You'll How the long resurrection was that long time? Five hundred years, exactly. Five hundred years, and he and 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 what the angel didn't say was you'll get your reward then two or three or four thousand years after that. Mm-hmm. That the reward for Daniel was when Jesus the Messiah would come. That's good, and he would receive the blessings of Abraham. Now, how is he receiving those in the resurrection? Come on, when the resurrection is both heaven and earth combined. And as heaven is invading earth, Daniel is living out Hebrews 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. Behold, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people think, you know, well, the great cloud of witnesses are just looking down on us. But Mm -hmm. that word doesn't surround doesn't mean looking down on. No, it doesn't. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. How can we be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses? Uh Because we are living in the kingdom of heaven. We are strangers on this earth. We are seated with him in heavenly Mm -hmm. places. Okay. And we need to start understanding that we live Mm -hmm. out of heaven. So, so many times when you try to present the kingdom message to Mm -hmm. people, they bulk at it because mm-hmm. they go, well, how can you say that we're living heaven on earth right mm-hmm. now? Because it says there will be no more tears. All tears will be wiped away mm-hmm. and the lion will lay down with the lamb. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're manifesting. That's in the kingdom. That's where we live out mm-hmm. of. There are no tears in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. The lion lays down with the lamb mm-hmm. in the kingdom of heaven. Right. And that's where we operate from right. while we are living on earth. And I can tell you that whoever made the movie, The Matrix, totally <laughs> had the kingdom message. Yeah. Because they understood that we go in, Mm. but we are not of the matrix or this world outside our barking dogs. Mm -hmm. So when we go about our lives each and every single day and we're at work or we're at the grocery store or wherever your, your kids are at public school, they shouldn't be. You're surrounded by these barking dogs that are not in the kingdom of heaven. They are outside of it. So we're gonna get we're gonna get into some deep stuff. Janie K says um, that she is literally um, 
sitting by her daughter's hospital bed right now watching us. Um, so we are praying for your daughter right now, Janie Kay. She says she's a tough one. She says, prayer please for my gal's brother-in-law. Tomorrow is his funeral. Also, my last paternal aunt and uncle, very poor. Thanks. Janie, sounds like you got a lot going on. So we're just going to lift up you and your entire family, your daughter, your daughter's uh, family, um, because the brother-in-law has passed away, for your aunt and your uncle who are poor, that this entire family will be wrapped in the, the loving arms of Jesus and surrounded by an angelic host to lift them up and so that they will be built up in their most holy faith to transform what they are seeing with their eyes in their, in, in their life to manifesting the kingdom of heaven on earth in their lives. In Jesus' Jenny, this, name we this pray, This song Amen. is going to be for, for you and your daughter. Uh, what's her name? Go ahead and put her in the chat. Sherry says, are we singing tonight? This is just what I need. We're going to start off with singing, and then we're going to get into this message. Leah got a very powerful word. If you want a sneak peek of it, it is on resistancechicks.com on today's show. You are here, moving in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. I worship you, I worship you, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are way
Yeah. 
You're the light in those dark places. You're that healing hand in the hospital. You're the miracle in a car wreck. You're the love in a broken marriage. You're the thread and the needle binding families back together tonight. You sew everything back upright. And I ain't afraid and dare, cause I know where I'm going. I'm gonna go where the waymaker resides. take my last breath I'll be breathing forever so when I'm gone don't you cry for me so when I'm gone don't you cry for me have a big old party when I'm no longer here cause I'm working with the way maker and I ain't got nothing to fear even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops, he never stops working. He never stops, he never stops working. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. He never stops, he never stops working. He never stops, he never stops working. Wait. And even when you don't see me, I'm working. Even when you don't hear me, I'm working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. Even when you don't see me, I'm working. Even when you don't hear me, I'm working. I never stop, I never stop working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. Even when you don't see me, I'm working. Even when you don't hear me, I'm working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. Even when you don't see me, I'm working. Even when you don't hear me, I'm working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. I am his hands and I am his feet. You are his eyes and you are his hands. You'll never stop, you'll never stop working. You'll never stop, you'll never stop working. Death ain't got no hold on me. And death ain't got no hold on you. Cause we died, we already died now. We already rose, we rose again. I once was dead in my sin. Dead in trespasses, but not again. You can't kill me cause I can't die. You can't kill me cause I can't die. Cause I died to myself and I'm risen in Christ. I'm living a brand new life. You can't kill me. I'll only lay down my life. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. I'll never stop, I'll never stop working. Cause I'm his hands and I am his feet. So what does this mean? What does this mean? The Lord told me to play this Waymaker song and it wasn't until the very end that I knew what, why I needed to start with this song. 
Because some of you think that when you die, mm. you're going to be up there like a naked baby with a harp. Mm-hmm. Singing, just singing praises to Jesus. Show me that. In scripture. Show me that. You see, we are the body mm. of Christ. Come on. There's not a dead, rotting part of the body in an alive part of the body. Mm-hmm. There's not a heavenly part of the body in an earthly part of the body. We're one body. And we have a body that is disjointed because we don't understand life mm. after death. But I'm not talking about your physical body dying. That's right. You don't understand life after death, which is when you die to yourself and you're risen in Christ. And another, you don't know who you are. Another reason why we're not walking in the kingdom, why we're not walking out and manifesting the kingdom of God is because we don't understand life in life. Mm. We have been born again in Christ. We mm. are brand new creatures. We are alive. We are more alive than those that are walking in death. The Bible says that those that are out there are literally walking mm. in death. They are dead. You, you are not dead right now. <laughs> Your loved ones who were part of the kingdom of God are mm. not dead yeah. if their body is in the grave. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when you die, when you are a Christian, you are freed from this mortal body. You are freed from this shell and you are more alive than you had ever been when you were trapped and confined by this body. Mm. Okay. And we don't understand that. So I want to encourage you guys, if you have lost a loved one, you can mourn Mm -hmm. because you no longer have them in your physical presence. Okay. That's a sad thing. You got to wait until you go on to the sweet by and by. It's a dumb name. In order to have them in your physical presence. But they are still part of the great cloud of witnesses as much as they were when they were alive. And Leah made a point this week that was so solid. When I am not with Leah, I can feel what's going on with her in the spirit. Does that stop if her heart stops beating and she goes to heaven? No, it doesn't. I can still feel her. Oh, Michelle, you're going Catholic. I'm not talking about praying to the saints. What I'm saying is when you die, you do not cease from being a spiritual being. The reason why I'm connected with Leah when I'm not next to Leah is because our spirits are connected and we dwell in a heavenly place. And I've said this before on the show and I'll say it again. When I come across people that I have never met before and they are a Christian, it's like, I know you. Why? Because we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So we do not mourn as those who do not have any hope. Are you bringing up that scripture tonight? Okay. It's one of those scriptures that the end timers like to use, by the way. We do not mourn as if we walk around as those who have no hope. Because we are alive in him. We have more hope 
than anybody on the planet, which is why we're supposed to be telling everybody we've got this great thing. You got the scripture, read it. Yeah, all right. So mom, this is your cue. Uh, Mom's going to write down these scriptures. And if you guys um, wouldn't mind, we're going to go This is it. Take your notes. Get out your pen. So these are really- Get out your paper. These are really important scriptures. And maybe, Michelle, you can put them, maybe you can just take the notes for me. We can put them down. Um, I can put them in today's show on resistancechicks.com. Yeah. Okay. All right, we need to put them somewhere. Just just uh, make we'll sure we have them. We'll just start running a running tab okay. of scriptures. All right, so we need John chapter 8, uh, verses 51 and 52. So Jesus is talking to the uh, Pharisees, and there was a dispute over uh, whose, whose children Jesus' opponents were actually. So to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we need to be set free? And Jesus said, I'm telling you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave doesn't have a permanent place in the family, but a son belongs there forever. So if the son sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. And I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father, what which is not Abraham. You said 52. Yeah, but we're backing up. Okay. We're, we're giving context. Okay, but what scriptures am I putting for today? John 8, 51 and 52. Okay. And they said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Actually, no. Because if you were Abraham's children, mm. you would do what Abraham did. And it is right now, you're trying to find a way to kill me, a man who told you the truth from God, and Abraham didn't do those things. So you're doing the works of your father. And he says this twice, your dad. We're not illegitimate children. We're not bastard children. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said, um, if God were your father, you're going to love me because I'm here from him. I didn't come here on my own, y'all, Okay. He says, why is my language not clearing to you? Am I speaking the Aramaic to you? Okay? <laughs> because you're unable to hear what I have to say. You belong to your father, the devil. Mm. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He didn't hold to any. He didn't speak the truth. He didn't hold on to the truth. And, and there's no truth in him. And when he lies, get this, he speaks his native language. You know when Jesus said that? When he lies, he speaks his native language. And when these people lie, they That's speak good. in their native language. For he was a liar and he was the father of all lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Mm. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? That's good. If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God has to say. The reason you don't hear me is you do not belong to God. Let me explain something. All you people just want to love everybody. Take this passage here from John chapter 8 and just stick it on your refrigerator. You're a liar. Uh -oh. You belong to your father, the devil. I don't need to go telling everybody God loves them. Jesus didn't. Everybody likes to tell, tell everybody God loves you. I don't think that It sounded what like Jesus what you just said. Hang on. I want to do a little grammar page break for Leah. She said, for those of you that think that you want to love everybody, and then you met, period. Mm -hmm. And then you were going to quote... This as an example 
okay, of why we don't need to love everybody. But it sounded like you said, for everybody that thinks you need to love everybody, you're a liar and you're of the father of the devil. The, no. of the devil. That's what no. it came out. That's not saying, what Leah meant by okay, that. Thank you. No, put this on your refrigerator when you're talking about thinking about Nancy Pelosi or anybody else. Okay. You don't need to love everybody. Jesus didn't. If somebody's lying and their father, their, their, their father is the devil, it's okay to call them out on it. You're not doing anybody any favors. Okay. You're the, just, everybody's the children of God. That's not exactly true because Jesus didn't say that. Everybody's God's children. Jesus never said that. There's a major, uh, here's a red pill for you. Jesus never said we're all God's children. That's so true. Because he literally was talking to these guys and said, you're your father, the devil. He didn't say you were God's children. You're, he literally said you're not God's children. So put that on your, on your refrigerator. And the Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and you're just demon possessed? I'm not possessed by a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Guess what? That's okay to say too to people. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. I follow God and you're dishonoring me. That's good. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he's the judge. And very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. I feel like that scripture should be in. And this they exclaimed, now we know that you're demon possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste. The word that I kept all day. I woke up this morning over and over again and I said, Jesus, if there is one thing I want to get across to the people, show them Mm. that they will never die. That's good. Show them. Let them experience heaven. Let them touch it. Let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the king reigns inside of them. And this body that they are in is just a shell. Mm. And when it's tired and when it's time for the shell to stop and the heart to stop beating, they shall never taste death. Do you know what death tastes like? Mm. It tastes like fear. It tastes like anxiety. It tastes like torment. And if you stay yourself in the presence of the almighty God, you shall never taste death. You shall never taste fear. You shall never taste anxiety. You shall never taste torment. Mm. Because Jesus was making a promise of reconciliation of man back to the Garden of Eden. And there is no death before the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. And as we are reconciled back to Eden, we do not know the torment of death. That's good. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died. Jesus was talking about death. Mm-hmm. He died and so did the prophets. Why, who do you think you are? If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim is your God, is one who glorifies me. Though you don't know him, I know him. And if I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I obey his word. You see, Jesus did a whole lot of mic drops and he didn't try to find common ground. Because when you're talking to people who are truly demon-possessed and they are pointing the finger at you and they're saying you're demon-possessed, there is no common ground. For they were dead 
speaking words of death. And there were those around them who were feeling and experiencing life. And I need a few men and I need a few women who are willing to have conversations like this with demon-possessed people and look them in the eyes and say, you are not of my father. Mm. And where I go, you cannot go and you are not going. You're not even 50 years old, and you say you've seen Abraham? Mm. Do you understand that Abraham himself didn't even really die? He was just kind of in a place of waiting. You see, Abraham had obtained Mm. salvation through what? Faith. He was waiting for it. He was in a, he was, he was on a, what's it called when you, you used to be able to put things on a hold at the layaway. He was on layaway. <laughs> he was on layaway waiting to be redeemed by Jesus. Very truly, I tell unto you before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but he hid himself and he slipped away. I want you guys to just meditate and read on John chapter eight but especially verses 51 and 52. Truly I tell unto you, whoever obeys my word, you notice what he doesn't say here, whoever accepts me as Savior. Come on, Leah. There's a difference between accepting Jesus as your Savior and obeying his word because you might taste death. You mm. might taste that torment. You're, you, a lot of people taste death who are Christians and they see God, who go to heaven. They taste death because they didn't obey him. They didn't stay meditating on him. They didn't give Jesus all of themselves, and they did taste death. They tasted it. They didn't experience it, but they did taste it. At this they exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word not accepts the salvation Obeys your word will never taste death. Here's the word I got today. I'm going to read it to you, and you can read this on uh, Resistance Chicks. The other day, the Lord spoke to me and said, Put on your helmet of salvation. It's your most important piece of Christian attire. Of course I have salvation. This seems like a given. But Yeshua, which in Hebrew means the one who saves, pressed me further. Last night, I was impressed to go uh, heavily into what it means to give our souls Mm. to Jesus, not our lives as we see it. A lot of people think they've given their lives to Jesus, but they have not given their souls to Jesus. And they they are tormented by thoughts of death and death of their loved ones. To hand over our mind, our will, and our emotions, and our body. When we do this, even in our mistakes, this is when we are assured of salvation. Many think they have salvation simply by believing in Jesus. The demons believe in Jesus and tremble. Mm. They know that he is God's son. You can believe that Jesus is God's son and not have salvation. No, there is something more. We must believe in our souls that we first need a savior 
there are a lot of people who see Jesus as the savior of the world, mm. but they don't really think, think that they need a savior. And he can't save you unless you ask him. And you can't ask him unless you see the need. So you have to ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you your need for a savior. That we first need a savior and then we die to ourselves, our will, our desires, and we raise up and live for and through him. Now, I'm not going to make a call on this, but there is a very famous country singer who died. His name was Toby Keith. He is famous for a song called The Red Solo Cups, I think, for drinking and partying. That's him. I believe he called himself a Christian. Unless he has given, he had given Jesus his mind, will, his soul, and, ex and exchanged his works for Jesus' works, then he's not a Christian. His soul wasn't saved. Because if you say, Jesus, I've got a hundred dollars here. I'm going to give it all to you. And you don't actually give it to him. You didn't make a deposit. And you can say, I gave my life to Jesus, but only he knows whether you actually did or not. And that's between you and God, and that's between Toby Keith and God. Did I don't see, and I'm not making a judgment. You can see the fruit often of people who have given their mind, will, and emotions to Jesus. They don't live for themselves anymore. There's something new that comes over them. They start to say things that are different and act differently. And they start to say, they start to talk about how they used to be one way and now they're different. If Toby has never been changed from one thing to another, when we all can admit that he was a sinner at some point, if he never said, I've been changed, I'm a different person, then he never gave his life to Jesus. He never gave his soul to Jesus. And this is a very heavy discussion. I'm not saying that he did or didn't. He could have had his last breath. I don't know. But by their works, you shall know them. Not by what they say. The Pope says that he's a Christian. Is he? No, he's not. And I will definitively say that, that the, uh, the current Pope is not going to heaven. I can, I, I, you are of your father, the devil. Okay, there are things you can know in this life. All right, so for those that are just tuning in, this is, that was an aside from this word that God gave you today. To hand over, and then back to the word, to hand over our mind, will, emotions, and body when we do this, even in our mistakes. I'm not saying you have to be perfect because as a child, who says, Daddy, I love you, and you're obeying your parents, but you're making mistakes, you're falling off your bicycle, you're spilling milk, you're, you're all over the place. But you still know who your dad is. And at the end of the day, you want to please him. Then you know you're his. Mm. But if you're hanging out at the neighbor's house all the time, and you're never at your house, are you really part of that family? Many think they have salvation simply by believing in Jesus. The demons believe and tremble. No, there's something more. We must believe in our souls that we first need a Savior. And then we die to ourselves, our will, our desires, and we rise up and we live for and through him. If you haven't crucified your flesh and who your old man, you haven't risen. 
We become a bond servant for Christ, picking up our cross daily. Many will cry, Lord, Lord, but he will say, depart from me, I never knew you, even those who cast out demons in his name. How is this possible? They never truly died to themselves in order to be raised to life as a new creation. Old things being passed away and all things being new. This isn't about saying a quick prayer, but a releasing of yourself Hmm. into the king's kingdom. Ask yourself, have I truly given my life to Christ? All that I am, do I live for him? Do I pick up my cross on a daily basis? For those who have not picked up their cross, they have not started on their journey. They read the brochure about heaven, and they decided that they want to go there, but they haven't gone through the gate of salvation, where their old man literally, literally, Michelle, can you hover on that? This is We're talking about a spiritual death that is literal, not figurative. You want to talk about that? You're, this is not about just, oh, I said a prayer. What does it mean to accept Jesus as your Savior and to die? It means that everything that you were, that you thought that you knew, everything that you lived, all of your experiences up to that moment, they are gone. They don't matter. Nothing matters except for Christ and him crucified. And he literally makes you into a heavenly being. Okay. This is, this goes back to Genesis and eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God says, you know, first of all, we're going to have to limit how long these people live lest they become like us now that they have the knowledge of good and evil, which was an eternal being. Okay. And so we are now transformed into an eternal life living being. Prior to this, when you die and you suffer the second death that takes you down to death, you cease living. Okay? You don't have any life left in you. You are in eternal torment and death. Right? And so we get to live in life right now. And we are a completely brand new being. The problem is, is that most of most people don't experience the fullness of that life when they experience salvation because the cares of this world are literally dragging them down, but it's yours to access. You just don't know how to get to it because you're still kind of shackled and chained, chained to This world, and I would say all of us actually, are not experiencing the fullness of that life, but we are we are attaining it, we are striving after it. But the baseline of all of this is that when Jesus comes in and he dwells inside of you, the best way I can describe it is when a sperm embeds in an egg, and then you have that spark of life. You've now created something that did not exist before, okay? When Jesus comes inside of you, that spark of life happens and a brand new being is born again. And it's, and it's born a heavenly creation. Yes. It's totally, completely different right. than an earthly creation. So back to the gate. Okay, you've got the brochure. You, you heard about heaven. It's a really great place and you want to go there, right? Well, how do you get in there? Well, many people haven't gone through the gate of salvation where their old man literally dies and Christ brings them back to life. See, 
when we say you shall never taste death, it's because you, first of all, it's kind of like Jesus gives you an option. Mm-hmm. You either die here on earth or you're going to die afterwards, but you've got to die at some point. You either choose to die here on earth to yourself and live to Christ. I've died to myself. What does that mean to die to yourself, Michelle? Do you, do you want to expound upon that? Does well, it, it mean says you die to yourself daily. I mean, we're supposed to literally crucify your flesh every single day, kill does your it, flesh every single does day. Does it mean that you can't have nice things? No, it's or your flesh isn't, isn't. That's not what your flesh is. Your flesh is pride, arrogance, selfishness, mm. lust. Your own way of doing You're things. doing your own way instead of living. You die to yourself, meaning what you want to do. Now, it, it's like when, uh, so our friend Ashley gave us a book called Every Moment Holy. Mm-hmm. I go to the bathroom, it's holy. God, I'm cooking food. I'm talking mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. I'm swimming. I'm talking to God. Every moment, you're in a communion with the alien world that you're Stop really it. a part of. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you know good. what I mean? Yeah. You, you so know the Bible what I mean? says we're strangers and aliens here on this earth. You're, it's kind of like you have to see yourself as now you're an alien. This You're just temporarily here. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're on a mission. Consider Think about Star Trek. They know that that whatever planet they go to, that's not, they're not really of that planet. Right. Right? And so our job is to actually bring heaven's kingdom into this planet. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I have scriptures. Keep doing your word and then we'll go over scriptures. All right. So here we go. You literally die. That's why new Christians are called baby Christians. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are learning life, and I've heard this from so many people. You're learning life all over again, but this time you are through the eyes and the ears given to you by your new father. Oh, wow, I see a sunset completely different. I read this book completely different. If you haven't had that experience where you are seeing everything differently, you're, you've, never, you've never been born again mm-hmm. because you're not seeing through the eyes of the father. You're not, seeing, you're not hearing anything different. It's just... What, what, have, what have you done differently? What have you done nothing differently? Okay. Um, many young Christians stay at the gate of salvation. Now, young Christians go through the gate of salvation. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But they just, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, they're through that gate. They're right at the gate, but they never go any further. And that's where many young Christians stay. They're right through the gate and they just hang out in the gate. Okay. They hang out right there at the gate. They only venture a little way from the gate and they never experience the vastness of the authority granted them in the kingdom. They longingly look back over the gate at the old ways and they do not utilize the tools and weapons that they have been given to take dominion and rid the earth of evil. Far from seeing themselves as a stranger in a strange place operating like a space traveler who goes to a new planet with a goal to colonize for the kingdom, they still act like a citizen of this world. They still have salvation, but they never enact changes to make the world into a better, more holy and healthy place. When they reach heaven, they will be disappointed that they have not stored up more in the way of savings to enjoy and use. Rick Joyner has a great book on the different realms of heaven. Uh, What's it called? Paradise Restored. No, 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 that's Um, not it. It's got a word paradise in it. Okay, mom's going to put it in the chat. Of uh, the different realms of heaven, for the way we, for the way we live on earth, dictates who we will be, and our assignments in the next life. The final quest. The final quest. Did you remember it yourself? No, no, I googled it. Those who gave all for Christ will be at the highest level, doing the bidding of the King. And we talked about this. Those who 
there's no greater love than this. Mm-hmm. That's the highest level of heaven. If you if you lay down your life for somebody, you need to know that if if God ever calls you to war or to battle or whatever, it's a one way ticket to the highest level of heaven. If you gave your life for somebody, that's 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 it. Okay, you don't you don't seek to do that. That's that ha- that's a moment in time. Those who gave all for Christ will be at the highest level of heaven doing the bidding of the king, while those who live for self will not be experiencing all they could have. Leah, I thought Jesus was not a respecter of persons. He is not. You can be a plumber, a homeless person, a pastor, or a pro football player, and all need to give their whole souls to Jesus to enter the kingdom, and all have the same opportunity to store up treasures in heaven. Storing up treasures is not about how many people we personally lead to Jesus or sacrifices that we make. Although sacrifices he asks us to make do correlate to treasures in heaven. Mm -hmm. No, storing up treasures is about running your race, the one he has laid out for you, and running as hard and as fast on your course. You can't run somebody else's course and they can't run yours. That's good. Did you ever use a tool? Did you, did you use every tool and weapon available to you? Did you walk in your anointing and your calling? Did you spur others on in this race? Did you weep with those who wept? Did you rejoice with those who rejoiced? Did you clothe the naked? Did you feed the hungry? Did you take care of the single mom and the fatherless kids? We will not be judged the same on merit but on the desire to do what God's will is for us where we are at. Yeah. To whom much is given, much is required. If you had a loving, if you had loving Christian parents, you're going to start way back here. Mm. Then somebody who was abandoned and sex trafficked is going to start way up here. And you're going to say, that's not fair. To whom much is given, much is required. It's also the same parable of Jesus you know, hiring the person at the start of the day and they mm-hmm. say, well, you work for this amount of wages. He says, yes. He continues to hire people throughout the entire day. Let's say that the wages is like $100 for the day. Mm-hmm. And each person says yes. And the last person only had to work 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then that person, but Jesus is like, hang on a minute. You said you would do it for this wage. Yeah, but. Right, right. Did you seek to bring justice right living around you? Did you fight for the weak and the abused? Did you stand up for the falsely accused? You will be surprised to see many people who were a little rough around the edges at higher levels in the kingdom than many pastors or church leaders who live so-called clean lives. Mm. Some are very good at hiding the sins of their heart, while others do not have sin in their hearts but wear their worldly actions right there on the outside. I know many people who would take a bullet for their neighbor, which is the ultimate love, but cursed like a sailor. So what does it mean and what does it look like to actually have this, this, this moment of, of, of death? So, Michelle, you asked me to bring up the scripture. Did you want me to read this uh, for Thessalonians You can, 4? yeah. I've got, it, I've got it on the website right now. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the, Jesus, the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. 
For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel and the trumpet, trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be forever with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another, encourage one another with these words. This is one of those Revelation Red Pill scriptures that we have uh, taken some deep dives into. And many end timers say that this is yet to be fulfilled, but it can Or that it's the rapture. Or that it's or it's a, or it's a rapture. Um, it's neither. It's an, it has already been fulfilled. Okay. Because what he's talking about is this this time period between eighty thirty and eighty seventy, when there was a transition between the old way of doing things and the old way of salvation and the sacrifices, and when the sacrifice ceased. And when Jesus came, and you got to go back and watch Revelation 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, coming on the clouds in AD 70, as we as he was gathering his saints unto himself, right? And all in of a, the all of the all of those that had gone before, like Hebrews eleven, by faith Abraham saw salvation and received it from mm -hmm. afar. Yeah. So I, I truly believe that when the when the um when the graves opened up. When Jesus says that there's a earthquake and a bunch of the saints rose from the dead, this resurrection that happened, I believe that the saints were seated at that point. At that point, it says that Jesus went and preached captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men, and he led all of the saints that were in waiting into heaven. And there was some transitional period between eighty thirty and eighty seventy, when the rest of them were going to heaven too. And there was something, and this is not a theology that I'm getting ready to knock out of the park for you, okay? Neither are the end timers, so we can go back and forth on this. Um, but I will say this, encourage one another. When you die, you don't die. And I love what Paul says that we who are alive and remain. It's very simple to me. The scripture that has been so contorted, so it's been pressed, it's been squished, it's been twisted, it's been turned. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's got to be the rapture. We're taken up with him. Guys, I am seated in heavenly places with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Solomon, uh, you name them, all of them, and people we don't even know, untold people who, who, who literally Jesus went and preached captivity captive. He went and he literally, they were all asleep. They were in Abraham's bosom. At some point in time, those people had to go from Abraham's bosom, okay, to heaven, being caught up with him in the air. And we're all going. So those that have died, when they die, we are, you are literally, this is what was, this is what this scripture is literally explaining. It is as plain as the nose on my face. Then when they die, when when now that you have accepted Christ, you get to go too. We all get to go. This is, we are seated in heavenly places. It is a very simple scripture that has been overcomplicated and people go, no, 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 I know what it means. No, it's really simple. It's very straightforward. And we do not, and the reason why I wanted Leah to bring this up is because he says, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to go about as those that do not have any hope. So literally in this moment, in this letter that Paul is writing, he is explaining it very simply. It is not complicated. He was not saying, well, let me tell y'all something. I don't want you all to be hopeless because in 2000 years, 
or more because it hasn't happened yet or right. more this thing he says i don't want you to go about as people that don't have any hope insert modern end times theory that then would say and try to put in this scripture don't be hopeless because in 2000 years you'll no, not you. Don't know what's going to happen to you. But in 2,000 years, everybody's going to be caught up in the air at the same time. And yay! No, it's very simple. We're all going to be caught up in the kingdom of God together with those that have gone before and those that die now. It's very straightforward. Yeah, uh, and now we're going to dive in. We're going to take a little bit of break from what heaven is. And I'm going to back up on that scripture because you brought it up. And this is Revelation Red Pill. What many Christians do not know that the pre-trib rapture view is dependent upon separating Daniel's 70-week, which we have consisting done. of seven years, from another 69 weeks, which is 483 years. When I said we have done, what I mean is we have covered that in Revelation Red Pill. Just put the word Daniel in the search bar on resistancechicks.com and it'll and come up. And inserting a timeless parenthesis, now nearly about 2,000 years long, between the 69 and 70th week. Most Christians who hold the pre-trib rapture position could not explain its details or defend it biblically. Most people just have heard about some sort of rapture, mm. because, and they, so they believe it. So, and, and they believe it from a lot of the um, Dallas Theological Seminary and from Tim LaHaye. Um, so there's no specific verse that says Christ will come before the tribulation. On the other hand, no single passage teaches, um, you know, any, any sort of like, well, I'm not going to read that one because actually there is one that teaches that Jesus come before the tribulation. And so... These traditional teachings are not exactly part of what, you know, this manufactured church age that we supposedly are in is not exactly anywhere in the Bible. You have the only way you get that is through a um, separating of Daniel 70 weeks from 69 to 70. And I just want to throw that out there. It's called the great parenthesis. The great parentheses. Yes. So. But it's not real. So it's just, the, the weeks just continue, man. They just go without ending. So if you want to watch and you want that expounded in grand and great detail, watch the episode that we did on Daniel 70 weeks. All right. So I have another scripture. Go ahead. Let's read John 3. It's called the new birth. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered him and said, how can these things be? And Jesus said, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. Pause. Here's Jesus saying he's the Son of Man, and he says, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. 
This is Jesus, the Son of Man, talking to Nicodemus here on earth and saying that the Son of Man himself is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already." because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the life, that his deeds may be clearly seen, and they have been done in God. Mm. That they have been done in God. So here we see Jesus explaining to Nicodemus in very simple terms what it means to be born again. The part that I wanted to highlight here to you guys is being born of the spirit, okay? Jesus says, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So here we are, the flesh does not enter the kingdom of God. You can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Those people that are obsessed with the resurrection and the resurrected body and all this, that, and the other. No one cares. Jesus said your flesh isn't going into the kingdom. Sorry, just saying. He said it. You can only get into the kingdom of God if you are born of the spirit. So if we are born of the spirit, when we, that I just talked about, that spark of life, Jesus comes into your heart, you are born of the spirit, you are in the kingdom of God. And so when your flesh dies, you are now freer to enter into the kingdom of God fully because your flesh couldn't go there fully. So now you're separated from your flesh and you're more alive than ever because you're able to fully enter into the kingdom of God. But here on earth, you're already in the kingdom of God in as much as we possibly can be while we are in this mortal body. And so it's a, when you die, you are actually completing life. It is, it is in that moment when you fully are able to become alive. Mm. And we have it all wrong because we think when we die, most people think this. Let's talk about this. Most people think that when you die, you kind of like all, every movie that you've ever seen of a ghost or a spirit or somebody that has died and they're kind of like half of a being and then they're like you're going you're like you reach through them and your hands go through them and stuff like that you're like half of a person right yeah you're less of a thing that you were here in life yeah that is that is a lie from the pit of hell nothing could be further from the truth and i want to encourage all of you as soon as you, it is available to watch um by angel studios after death yeah i was gonna have you play in a minute <clears throat> i'll play uh, the trailer for it yeah when you, these people there was one guy in this film like i hurt for him like my heart hurts for this guy because he went into a great depression that he's barely out of. I would say not even he's bitter and resentful that he is here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because heaven was so real. So he was so alive, so freed from every bond and shackle that we live that when he came back, he's like angry that he's back. Yeah. 
right? Because that's how alive he is yeah, and was. I, I mean, I, and I'm like, I can't believe they put this guy in the film because it's, I mean, I think he was like part of actually making it. But like still, like he's, like the whole time you kind of leave going, man, dude, you must have had some kind of experience to come back here and be that bitter that you're alive. Yeah. I've never seen anybody so bitter to be alive except for people that have had a horrible life. Other than somebody that has been to the to heaven yeah. and been like, but I don't want to be here now. Okay? So, so when we have these loved ones that are in like a coma like Kirby was, and you know... Or at least you can kind of sympathize with what he is experiencing. And you're going, I wouldn't want to come back either. Like, I'm being straight up honest, right? You wouldn't and want to come back either. his family is sitting, like, right there. Like. Oh, this dude that's super depressed in the, in the yeah. I'm like, going to pull up the trailer. Wishes he were, like. But, but, but going back to John 3. Keep in mind, when you are born of. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Mm -hmm. And once you are born again, you are now born of the spirit. And whatever happens to this flesh literally doesn't matter, which is why the saints of old that have gone before us, all 11, or I guess 10 of the apostles outside of John and Judas, I bet even Matthias suffered this. I don't know. We Do we know what happened to Matthias? I don't know. Um, suffered. A martyr's death. Every single disciple but John suffered a martyr's death. I know, but Matthias wasn't a disciple yet, so I was doing my numbers apostles, here. Yeah, right? Apostles, excuse me. No, I don't know. My point happened. is, they suffered a martyr's death. Um, there's Justin the martyr. Um, who else was martyred early, early on? Um, they're all escaping me right now. Well, there's a whole book. It's called, called the Book of Martyrs. Yeah. So how were they able to endure that? How was Stephen able to endure that? Right? Mm. Because it doesn't matter what happens to your flesh. It's just, it's the, fle the, the, what we experience here in the flesh is like a shadow of what is to come. Yeah. And so we see what Leah wants to get here, to get to here tonight for you guys is like what are the pilgrims. When you go to Burial Hill in Plymouth, Massachusetts, mm. it is literally the most alive graveyard in all of the world. Okay, I've never been around the world. Definitely in America. It's the most alive well, graveyard in America. To. And when you read their, their headstones, all of them are an admonition, and many of them say, don't weep for me, right? They understood what it meant. And so we look at life right now, and because we don't, we don't, you're not raised on a farm and you don't experience life and death on a daily basis, when we experience death, we don't know how to process it. Mm -hmm. Because we don't understand life and death the way that the pilgrims did. So when the pilgrims died that first winter, over half of them died. And they didn't come with a lot of people, 120 mm -hmm. people, 102. Yeah. Okay, so 51 of them make it. Yeah. Their numbers are literally cut in half. half. But how, how would you survive from that? How yeah. would you keep moving from that? And, and, and Because we have people... That go into a grand, great life depression. They can't even function when a loved one has died for years. Why? Because we don't understand life and death. Mm -hmm. we, and so tonight, we are here to bring you the hope of glory that this is literally just a step in the process of getting to what real life is. 
real life, eternal life. So I'm going to pull up this um, uh, trailer for After Death. And again, I don't know. So if you while you're doing that, where you can watch it, right? Oh, you can watch it on Apple TV for fourteen ninety nine. So let's see um, all watch options. Okay, you can you can watch it on YouTube. Okay, Amazon Prime, Google Play TV. I mean, it's kind of expensive. I mean, but not. But it's worth it. Family together. Get your whole family together and watch it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now streaming for Angel Guild members. So that was earlier, I think. So let me see if this is. That's the official trailer. This is final that trailer. That's 45 seconds. So yeah, we, how about this one right here? That's fine. Let me grab this link here and we'll so watch this Let me read the scriptures. Michelle's bringing that up. Acts chapter 2. Peter is talking to um, everybody assembled at the day of Pentecost. And uh, they were all speaking in tongues and the fire God had fallen. And everybody thought they were drunk. And he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, signs, and wonders, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, mm. freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. What does that mean? That's good, Leah. Wait a minute. He freed Jesus from the agony of death because it was impossible for death. Death is a thing. Mm. And we hear about this literally in the New Testament when it talks about death. There is an angel of death, Mm -hmm. right? In the book of Revelation, we see this angel of death. You kind of go like, what? Yeah. What does that even mean? An angel of death makes it seem like it would be a demon, but it's, or or the devil, it's not. Death is torment. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, he cried out. Was that Acts? Which Acts chapter, chapter 2, verse 24. Um, we know that Jesus on the cross yelled out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He tasted death mm-hmm. for all of us. There's a scripture I'm going to bring up um, where um, it actually says that Jesus um, tasted death for us. You know why so, I know how to pronounce that? Because you worked on it. No, because I have listened to the audio Bible hundreds of times i kid <laughs> okay. you not okay. this is why i encourage you guys yeah. to listen to the audio bible mm-hmm. because it gets in you it yeah. does listen to it when you're sleeping listen to it when you're doing your dishes listen to it all the time listen to it when you're in the car driving you listen to it that word gets inside of you a lot of people ask me all the time michelle how do you know so much scripture well i don't know chapter and verses mm-hmm. because i'm not maybe if i was more reading the bible as much as i was listening to it i would know chapter and verses right mm-hmm. but the word is in me mm-hmm. because i sleep with it mm-hmm. well go ahead and put this scripture in um in in the links here hebrews uh chapter 2 through um 15 9 through 15. This is really important. We're starting verse 5. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, the son of man that you care for him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. You put everything under his feet. And in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor. So he's like, what he's making is he's making the case. I know that you're not seeing everything subjected under Jesus, but but we do see Jesus is risen. Yeah. We're getting there, right? right? This is the, I'm. we're going to get there, guys. We're getting there. We already see Jesus is risen from the dead. This is fantastic. Because he suffered death. 
Jesus suffered death, by the way, mm. so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Wait, what? Powerful. Come on, Leah. John 8, what did Jesus say? If you obey me, not if you believe in me. Although what we read in John 3, what you believe in me. I believe in Yeah, I get it. But if you obey me, you'll not taste death. You'll have life after less life ever life ever lasting, but the tasting of death. It says that Jesus took upon himself death. Mm. He made himself a little lower than angels, and he took upon himself death for everyone. And the free gift is open to everybody. By the way, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Mm. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. That's Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two. by the way. David was a prophet. Again, I will put my trust in him. He's quoting David again, or he's quoting Isaiah 8, 17. And again, he says, Isaiah 8, 18, Here I am, I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, mm. this is the one thing I want you guys to get. So by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Come on. The power of the devil is broken by Jesus' death. That's why when you are surrounded by evil, you say the name of Jesus. Mm. And you never stop saying it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You invoke the salvation. He took the sins. He took the sins. He, he became death. He felt death. He tasted death. He had death upon him. Death couldn't hold him. Mm -hmm. And because death couldn't hold him, and he willingly laid down his life. I will never, and you will never, and Kirby didn't taste death. That's good. I'm going to just finish the scripture here. And free those who all their lives mm. were held slavery by, held in slavery by their fear of death. Mm. Going back to Davy Jones Locker, not Davy Crockett. Leah, do you fear death? Death. No. No. You just say this with me. I don't fear death. I do not fear death. Death has no hold on me. Death has no hold on me. Jesus took death for me. Jesus and I will never die. Amen. I will never die. I will never die. Mm. You will never die. But you have to know what death really is to understand. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted, that he might be able to help those when they're tempted. That's good. All right, let's play this trailer. Mm -hmm. 1969, the beautiful day to fly. We were about 100 feet above the ground when I started noticing that something was wrong. It was engine failure. 
trees were filling our windshield. I found myself above the crash site. And while I'm processing what I'm looking at, I can see a pilot, and this is me. No two near-death experiences are the same. Out of nowhere, a trailer truck hit me head on. But they typically occur in a very consistent process. We began to go down the river, and my boat became pinned. I was drowning. The first thing that happens is called an out-of-body experience. And they come to a place of exquisite beauty. They very commonly see a light. Deceased relatives come to meet them. The first person I saw was my grandfather. Now I'm traveling like a rocket ship, straight upwards. And with that... <laughs> oh my God, I'm alive! But not every near-death experience is a good one. 23% had hellish experiences. I saw a black tunnel. I mean, just falling. I wasn't in fear, I was in terror. It was just darkness. Put me back. I don't belong here. I heard a voice before I woke up. You still have a purpose on Earth. I was very skeptical. I never felt alive and then dead. I felt alive and then more alive. I had full brain recordings from the dying human brain. Even though they were unconscious, they were able to give corroborative evidence. She's described herself that she just shouldn't know. Right. You can't be mystified by that question. What happens after you die? This really does show that there is life after death. So the only thing that uh, we were disappointed in in this in this entire film is that they didn't use it um, as an opportunity to lead people to, lead people to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and you know, so the argument they can left be it made. open. They left it open for you to make your own. And I, I understand why they did it because they wanted to reach a, a broader audience. I think they wanted people to be able to bring their friends and family. So I'm okay with it. It's just not how I would have done it, mm -hmm. but that's okay. It still doesn't take away from the fact that the entire time I was watching that film, I was on the edge of my seat. I was enthralled. Leah fell asleep once, but in her defense, she had had a very long day, but I was like literally on the edge of my seat. Like I couldn't wait for the next thing. To, I mean, I just, I, I was so into this because I have always felt this, you know? I've always felt like when you die, you, she, she said it, she worded it perfectly. I didn't feel dead. I felt alive and then I felt more alive. That's what she said. And they didn't so feel powerful. the pain that they were in. Right, no more pain, no more death. They didn't just, feel like their bodies didn't feel pain. So they had these out-of-body... Now, these are people who had out-of-body experiences. Some were declared dead, but they weren't actually dead, dead. Mm -hmm. And what we also learned from this movie is that um, your heart can stop beating, but you're not dead yet. I know. Because it just... You, you still have life in your body. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you if you don't get a pulse from somebody, they're, they're probably hovering <laughs> over... You know what I mean? Yeah. They're probably just hanging out, uh, and they will be, even if they never are going to come, even if they don't come back for a while, there's still life there in the, brain activity, even after yeah. the, the, the heart stops beating. Yes. Um, which is kind of amazing to think about. 
Um, going back to some of these scriptures, and, and we want to make sure that we are obviously as scripturally um, sound as possible. So we want to, you know, go, go over some of these scriptures. And you'll you'll find that in these books, um, like Romans and Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Philippians, there's a theme throughout all the chapters in, in, in life um, and death. We do know that sin um, in Romans one thirty two, it or, or Romans just one talks about the judgment of God comes upon those who are committing. He's talking about homosexual acts here, things worthy of death. Worthy of death. But in um, Romans chapter five, what we get, what we see is the hope that we aren't like those who are committing those things worthy of death. Mm -hmm. Since therefore we have been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope will not, Put us to shame because God's love has been poured upon our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You see, at just the right time when we were all still powerless, God died. Jesus died for the ungodly. Very rarely would somebody die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let's emphasize the end of verse 10 there. We shall be saved by his... Death? Mm. It says life. Yeah, when he rose from the dead. We're saved. Life. We will save, we're we're saved. saved by his life. Yeah. Therefore, just as sin entered the world, and through one man, death through sin, Adam, and in this way, death came on all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin was not charged against anyone's account when there was no law. Mm. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to the time of Moses. You know, we don't really talk about the, the, the all the sins charged to people before um, Jesus came. <laughs> well, we don't talk about death being the prevailing um, narrative mm -hmm. in the entire earth mm -hmm. after Adam death before reigned. Jesus. Death, death reigned. Death is death is a being. So, so let's ask this question for Revelation Red Pill. Is death reigning now? We're gonna we're gonna read that in this scripture well, here. Yeah. Um, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as Adam did, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. 
For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? I have a question for you, Michelle. I'm ready, Leah. If this body stops, the heart stops beating, do we stop reigning? No. Because it says that the gift of righteousness, I'm reigning in life. Do I still, if I'm not dying, if I'm not die, then I still reign. Yes. I'm still reigning. I'm just more reigning. Okay. So let's, let's back up. Verse 17. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned. Mm -hmm. We just talked about that. Through the one. Mm -hmm. Much more. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Because this is even more than the death. And most of us are like, yeah, but death is really strong. How much more. Yeah. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. We have taken the place of death. Yes. We took death's place. Yes. Jesus gave us that place, that place of reigning in authority. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man, Jesus, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life okay for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous now let's just while we're knocking off some weirdness that people get uh a lot of people go well if by one man death entered into all the world then by one man life entered into all the world and everyone will be saved no by one man's obedience, Grace is the free many gift. will be made righteous. Many, and you must choose it. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abound, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So sin is reigning in death. And the Lord gave me a word that we need to walk in the grace in our soul mm. today. Walk out grace in your soul. Good. And the walk out your grace is how you reign in life because you walk in that grace and he gives you grace not to sin. Mm. He gives you the ability. You can say, Lord Jesus, give me the grace not to sin today. Give me the grace to walk in the gift giftings of power and might um, and holiness and righteousness. And we're going to pop over to Romans chapter six because it just Romans chapter five doesn't stop <laughs> there. Uh, it keeps going. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? No. <laughs> but we are those who have died to sin. What does that mean, Michelle? It means it does not reign inside of us anymore. It doesn't, it's not alive in us. It's not a part of it doesn't who have we the, are. It, it doesn't, doesn't have, have that hooks. hold. It doesn't have the hooks anymore, right? Um, how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? When you go down and come back up underwater, and we got to, we'll tell a story about this amazing here in a second. Um, you're baptized into his death and you come up alive. Come on. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Guys, we already died. We can't die again. Mm. We were buried with Jesus, who took the major blow of death, and then we voluntarily die to ourselves. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through glory of Father, so too we may live a new life. The resurrection is now. 
The resurrection is now. We have died and we have resurrected. I don't think people put enough emphasis on how amazing this is. It is. I don't think it. I think it's because they feel like they are good people doing good things and they don't recognize that they were dead mm. and they have to be risen again into Jesus. And Come there on. are a lot of theological people out there who never died to themselves. And I don't know if they have salvation Uh oh. because they still speak about all this stuff that they do through their own flesh, through their own might, through their own mind. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Come on. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Did you know that your soul is separate from your body? Mm-hmm. It's just a shell. Your soul lives on. Your soul is who you are, your mind, your will, and emotions. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. It's very interesting. When Jesus rose from the dead, they didn't even recognize him. Mm. He was in, he was, he's, he's, you know, he's this heavenly ethereal, you know, type. Kind of reminds me, I heard something today. I don't know if it's something that Scott said or, um, this is really good. It's, it's, it, it goes in keeping with this. Your reputation is how people perceive you. Mm. Perceive that you are. Your character is how you are. Mm. Okay. And so the, the differentiating between your reputation and your character mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of the difference between who you are in this body mm-hmm. and your soul, mm-hmm. right? Who you are in this body is kind of how people see you, mm-hmm. how you how you are to the world or whatever. And your soul is literally mm-hmm. the 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 lowest, deepest common denominator of being and existing mm-hmm. and being like yeah. like how how God created you to be. Yes, he created this beautiful, amazing shell that you are on the outside. But what's really, really in there? Yeah. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his, for we know that all stuff is Um, Because anyone who has died has been set freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we, have also, we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Mm. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once, once for, for all. all. But the life he lives, he lives lives unto God in the same way count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus just pause right there though because that is the answer for the entire show if we came on and we literally did a two-minute show this would be the scripture that I would use because we are dead to sin Mm -hmm. okay but we are alive in Christ Jesus Mm -hmm. it's that simple so we have already died you have died right You are now alive in Christ. The second death has no hold on you, which means you don't die. You could go around and you could go around saying, I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. And it would be true. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a side note, and and this is kind of important. Shall Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace by no means? Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as an obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. 
I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we've heard that preached several times. But when you see people who are continuing on laughing and cohorting and living in sin, they have not offered they're not offering themselves up to Jesus. Now I'm not talking about people who are stuck in sin. You know, there's a lot of people that like, I really want to live righteously, but I just can't. Mm-hmm. That's not who I'm talking about. There are people who are going on and on. And, and, and like, I'm going to tell you, Taylor Swift says, calls herself a Christian. She's a pro-abortion, pro-LGBT, mm-hmm. girl who sleeps around, goes around half naked. She's not a Christian. And we were at a... Um, we were at um, Teen Challenge with a bunch of young men. Mm-hmm. And somebody, and, and these were new baby Christians, young men. And somebody brought up Mariah, Mariah Carey and said, you know, she's a Christian. And what did one of the young men say? It was little Will. And Will's like, no, she's not. And it was actually one of the workers there, Darrow. And Darrow's like, yes, she is. She's a Christian. She says she's a Christian. And little Will, I think he was like 16 years old, 16 or 17 years old, little kid. And he goes... You can't dress like that and shake your booty like that and be a Christian. Okay, he's just come to Teen Challenge from being addicted to drugs. And at least Will knows you can't dress like that and you can't shake your booty like that and be a Christian. Because she has never, she did, she's not died to herself. Yeah. She is living every single day to her flesh. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so th- the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. Yeah. Okay, by their fruits you shall know them. And so you want to pray for these people's salvation, but don't kid yourself. Okay, that they're actually they actually have obtained into into salvation. Now, um, there's a refinement that happens once you give yourself to Jesus, and we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about being on on the motion in, into heaven um, and the fruit of of righteousness. Romans is pretty much an entire book um, about de- death. about death <laughs> about death and, and life. But we're gonna we're gonna continue on here because it's so important. I'm gonna go into Romans chapter seven. Um, do you not know brothers and sisters from speaking to those who know the law that the law has authority over someone as long as the person lives? For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law that binds her to him. So then if she has relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she's called adulteress. but her husband dies, she's released. So my brothers, you also died to the law. It's talking about like living to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who has raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit to death. But now, by dying to what we once bound us, by dying, we have been released from the law so that we serve in a new way the Spirit, and not the old way written in code. So this is really important because so many people love to use that scripture um, to to talk about uh, adultery and divorce. Mm. That's not, Jesus was using something that they all understood as an example, okay? But essentially, he's using the idea of um, 
the societal grasp that marriage and a covenant mm. has on someone mm. and that you are you are tied to that you are forever tied to that as long as both of you are alive you were tied to that and yet the way that Paul explains this is but when you die then if, if your husband dies then you are released from that and so in order to be released from the law of death that came into this world when Adam and Eve ate of the knowledge of good and evil, that eternal, do you you understand that even though Jesus came and stole the keys of death and hell, that the ramifications of that still exist. And I just read the book of Esther today, and it kind of reminds me of the king's edict that goes out that says, um, hey, man's like, hey, I want all the Jews to be killed. Well, he actually doesn't, you know, he doesn't rescind that from Esther. He doesn't rescind it. No, the edict went out. You couldn't the, change it. It couldn't be changed. But what it was overwritten, mm-hmm. in a sense, by allowing the Jews to then rise up and defend themselves against their enemy. First, they kill 500 people. Then they kill 70,000 mm-hmm. 70, people. I mean, it's huge. They get to stand up and defend themselves. So it was, and then everyone was now afraid because mm-hmm. the Jews could defend themselves because in that it kind of overwrote it, but the original edict didn't go anywhere. And had the Jews not gathered together to rise up and defend themselves, then the enemy would have come in and slaughtered them. But because they gathered together, they met in the middle of town. They did it in the rural area on one day and they did it in the city in another area. And because they gathered together to defend themselves, then they were able to defeat it. And so this is what we see with this law of death in our lives. In order for it to be overwritten, you have to accept it. Mm -hmm. You have to enter into that place with Jesus Christ and then it's overwritten. So it actually still exists for everyone else who does not accept Jesus. Yeah. So we had an interesting story to tell you. Um, You want to tell them about Abigail baptizing? No, go ahead. You did. So... Kirby went to meet Jesus last night. He, um, We visited him last Thursday in the hospital, and we prayed, and we sang praise and worship. And um, the uh, the hospital said, you um, you need to either go home or you need to go to hospice. And uh, Rose uh, and her family made the decision to bring Kirby home because mm. Kirby wanted to be home. So they brought him home, and uh, he passed away a day later. And... I get a message from Abigail. She's 16 years old on fire for Jesus. And she and her dad went out on an inflatable boat at, and it's like 29 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to go out. And her dad probably does a lot of these things on her whims. I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, don't kill yourself. You know, it's cold out. <laughs> don't drown. Mm-hmm. So uh, while they get about a third of a mile from shore, their uh, boat starts taking on water. Yeah. So she wants to stay out there under the stars, just being with Jesus. Okay. And dad's like, we got to go back to the shore. But they're taking on water and they get wet. This particular lake, Kirby wanted to be baptized by us. He has to be baptized by us. In open water. And, but we, we, we gave all kinds of options like inside, but it was like winter and cold, like getting into winter. It was cold. So um, we said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it when we can get an, into a place where it's not, you know, when it's above, you know, 70 degrees or something, maybe we should wait just a little bit. And um, 
because it was cold. It was like October, November. And he wanted to be baptized in open water. And, and Abigail said, I have this place. It's this lake. This is the lake that she was at. So at the very moment, an hour, basically, within hours, that Kirby goes to meet Jesus, mm. Abigail and her dad basically get baptized in this lake. Yeah. And there's a scripture. And I want to talk about it, and I'm not going to make a whole theology about this. But about being baptized for the dead. There are several, de you know, denominations who believe um, in these, in these scriptures, in, in this um, kind of baptism for the dead. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to, we're going to hang there for a little bit because it's a lot going on there. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached unto you, which you receive, which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you're saved. If you hold, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. There's an if there, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you have believed in vain. <laughs> if you're not believing what I've taught you, then you're not believing the real deal. For what I receive, I pass unto you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared unto Peter, which is Cephas, and then unto the twelve. Um, there were some disputes over the resurrection and, and if there was just like nothing after life, right? And that he appeared to more than 500 of his brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep and died. Then he appeared to James, then all the apostles, and the last he appeared to me also as one born out of time. And I am the last of the apostles uh, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. But... If it was, is preached that Christ has not been raised from the dead, so how can some of you say there is no resurrection, has been raised from the dead? Sorry, if it's, if it's preached that if, if Jesus raised from the dead, why do some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then e not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, huh? And you're still in your sins, Matt says. And more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is fruitile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. And if only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we are of most people pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as Adam, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits when he comes, and then those who belong to him. Then the end will come and when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. And he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Um, so somebody who said, how is the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life until it dies. When you sow, what you do not plant, um, you do not plant the body that will be. You don't plant a whole tree, okay, right? But you just a seed. seed, perhaps of weed or of something else. But God gives it a body as he is determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds have another. Fish have another. 
There are those also heavenly bodies and there are those earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another. The stars differ from star and splendor and how they are their body. So it will be in the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable is raised imperishable. Come on. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam, gave a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. Mm. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. By the way, you don't get a body of the dust of the earth, by the way. Okay? It's of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so will we bear the image of the heavenly man. And I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood, a beating heart, cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkle of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with with what is imperishable, the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written has come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? Um, did I read the part where it says baptism for people? Other, why you baptize for the dead? Did I read that? I don't know. But while you're looking for that, I want to. It highlight was fifteen twenty nine. I was back up. I here. want to highlight something really quickly though, because this is important. Oh, now if you fifteen twenty nine. Now if there is no resurrection, what will those of you who are baptized for the dead, if the dead are not raised at all, why do why are people baptized for them? Mm. And and I'm it's not putting scratcher. I'm not putting a theology around this. I'm not saying that people can actually be baptized for that. I don't think that there's a I don't think there's a spiritual connotation that something happens and makes you holier. But I'm telling you, Abigail was baptized for Kirby. <laughs> and I know that Kirby saw, and I know that he was a part of it, and I know that his body wanted to be baptized in a outward sign that he had died to christ and had risen again he just didn't have a, a chance to do it god god works by faith by the way abigail's uncle nemo is in the chat ah so pastor neil peterson pastor neil peterson your niece has been praying for a man named kirby who's been to your church multiple times with yes him. and rose and we've been praying for him to rise from the dead and he passed away last night and it just so happened that your brother and abigail were out in a boat on a lake that Abigail had said, this is the lake that we need to baptize Kirby in because Kirby wanted to be baptized in open water. And literally at like the very moment that Kirby is crossing over. The very moment that Kirby is crossing over, your brother and Abigail spring a leak. (laughs) A third of a mile at 29 degrees outside (laughs) from shore. And I don't know what's going on through your brother's mind. But I do know that Abigail was just fine. <laughs> we'll Dang make girl. it, no, no, Dad. No, 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 no. We'll let me tell you something. This is wonderful. Abigail will walk on that water back to the shore. I know. This right? is Uncle Nemo's niece. I know, right? Like this, this girl right. will walk on that water. I She's know. not worried at all. No, she was all excited to go back to shore and start a fire and just kind of right. and get warm. Yeah. But there was something, and the Lord brought this scripture to my mind. If there's no resurrection, what, what, why are you baptizing for the dead? And I was like, there was some symbology here that God thought to say, 
don't worry, Kirby got baptized. Yeah. Because we all were like, we're going to baptize you soon. Like, we're yeah. all feeling guilty that we didn't yeah. get a chance to baptize him. Yeah. And Abigail kept prophesying that she was going to she was going to be gonna get baptized in this lake. I know. With Abigail. She, I know. So I don't know. That, that's up for theological debate. But I all I know is what I know. <laughs> Maybe Uncle Nemo Matt, can, do you have something you want to say? Can pop in here on. Maybe Uncle Nemo has something to say about the baptism. I'm telling of the you, dead. she tells me she's basically getting baptized in this lake. Why is she, why did God have that? I know God sprung that leak. Mm -hmm. God said you were getting wet, child, for this man tonight. Is what <laughs> you're doing. Neil says she will walk or swim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, something happened last night in that water. Um, Ideally, everyone that gets saved, you want to get baptized. You know, it's an outward expression of what's happening inside of you spiritually. It's just, you're just overwhelmed with just the love and the presence of God. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, some people say if you're not baptized in water, you're not saved. Yeah. Like some oneness people and Hebrew roots. But to me, I mean, if the thief on the cross wasn't baptized, sort of like, you know, God bringing some sort of storm in and the crosses fall off the hill and land in the river or something. Yeah. You know, it didn't happen, but he's today you'll be with me in paradise. It's right? not essential, but it sure is nice. And Kirby was just adamant. That man, he kept talking about it and talking about it. I want to be baptized in open water. I'm going to be baptized in open water. Every time we saw him and he's texting me, I got to be baptized in open water. And I'm like, Lord, I need me a miracle here. Mm. And Abigail springs a leak in the lake. <laughs> at the very hour that Kirby is meeting Jesus. Yeah, it's awesome. Tell me that's not God. And if eternity is like the Garden of Eden and, you know, there's rivers flowing out of it, sort of like, you know, the song that all children learn, mm -hmm. you know, from Ezekiel, like deep and wide, mm -hmm. deep, deep and wide, wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Yeah, so yeah mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. he can get baptized in, in eternity, Yeah, you know? yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And when we're talking about because sometimes we we have this picture of eternity, and some people might not want to go because they're like everything's awesome here, mm, you know. Yeah. I don't want to just play the baby harps. Yeah, little baby, baby harps. harps. Yeah, with little babies with wings and stuff, and like, you know, I I'm not exactly sure at what point that came into mm. people's minds, but mm -hmm. it's not really mm -hmm. you know in the Bible, you mm. know. Yeah. Right, Matt. I'm it's, gonna it's have more, you it's like anchor. Pull that arm closer like, to you. No, I'm not. You're fine on the camera. I'm more worried about the mic. Come in. Like, can you tilt it towards you? Like, lose. There you go. So I want to bring That's to you good. guys a couple of scriptures on on what we do. Um, Perfect, when in, in heaven, you know, there's like I said, there's not a lot of scriptures in heaven uh, about well, heaven. And it shows us our need to be born again because. You know, I can't remember. People have said the stats, but it's like the amount of scriptures where Jesus is talking about hell is like way up here. And the amount of scriptures where God's talking about this is what goes on in heaven is like mm -hmm. is pretty low. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some things we just need to take by faith. We don't know exactly yeah. how things are and how things play out. Yeah, right? exactly. But we should really dig into the ones that we've been given. We want to insert something while we're here because Patriot okay. Gallery reminds me. Um, I remember talking to Neil about the final quest. We, mm. we brought that up earlier today. And Neil's, since Neil's in the chat, we were talking about Rick Joyner's the final quest because we're talking about heaven and uh, what happens when you die. And Patriot Gallery reminds I, me to remind everybody. I could be wrong. I think Neil mentioned it in this series on spiritual 
gifting. Matt's been and watching stuff. you, Neil. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty awesome series, you know, where he's talking about spiritual giftings and you know, walking in the spirit, dreams and visions. And Matt goes to your church, by the way. He does. does. <laughs> yeah, we do, we're not giving it's, him enough food here. It's it's all basically, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm a simpleton. It's you have all this terminology yeah, for too. all these different ways that God communicates. And to me, it's all just relationship with him. And however he chooses to speak, he does through angels or whatever. But yeah, that's I think he mentioned it in there. Seriously, if y'all don't have a church besides resistance chicks being your church and you want somebody to actually preach at you, uh, Harvest Revival Centers, where it's at. You can follow them on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, but Patriot Gal reminds me, this is so important. April 8th, Neil has no details. I know. We hardly have any details, but we're getting them together. I was gonna, I'm was i going to talk to Scott about this week. Um, it's going to be a one-day Bards Fest. It's gonna, I, I, I've come up with the title. Are you ready for the title? Mm-hmm. Bards Fest Eclipse Revival. Okay. It's going to be the Bards Fest Eclipse Revival at Harvest Revival Center, April 8th, all day long. Solar Eclipse Revival. Solar Eclipse. That's what I meant. Okay. Bards Fest Solar Eclipse Revival. Okay. We're going to have speakers. You get to hear Pastor Neil Peterson preach. Okay. We're going to have speakers throughout the day. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to have worship. You need to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. You need healing. You need deliverance. You just want to come and have an amazing time. April 8th, Harvest Revival Center of Brookville, Ohio. The path of totality literally goes right through Brookville. It just so happens... Okay, that our number number one and number two churches that we have that it, this is one of those churches. Okay, one is right down the street, House of Restoration, and the other is in Brookville, Ohio, Harvest Revival Center. It just so happens that the solar eclipse is going right through Brookville, so we're doing a Bard's Fest. Scott Kessler's coming all the way from Oregon, and we're gathering everybody together for a day. This is like a once in a lifetime opportunity, unless you were there seven years ago and when it crossed over reason, the other way. It's cloudy and rainy, then you're going to be you're then you'll be still have revival. Holy Ghost. You're going to be eclipsed by the Holy Ghost. Yes. Okay. So mark your calendar, April eighth. Where are you going to be? Harvest Revival Har- Center in Brookville, Brookville, Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Yeah. I said what I said. All right. So when I give you guys some ideas, oh look at this. Oh. Becky says, "We love Pastor Neil. We're coming April eighth. Everybody <laughs> loves Pastor Neil. We all love Pastor Neil. Yeah, oh, the- and he says, hey, Harvest Revival Center, we also have a brand new studio. Ooh. Have I not? Neil says, I'm going to be at Harvest. Neil, he and Scott Kesserson have the same sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so I want to see this new studio. This sounds really exciting. Okay, I'm excited. So that April 8th, boom, Neil says. Let's go. Neil governs in Ohio. Neil's, our, Neil's he, my governor. Neil's my governor, right? He's the governator. <laughs> I bet he just laughed out loud right now. Neil's at the Waffle House, and now I want waffles. <laughs> He's watching us. <laughs> Neil, Glory you're to God. awesome. You're hilarious. Okay, so um, well, I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 6, and this is when the we're talking about the lamb opening the seals. And I'm going to get to a point here because I want to talk to you about you You do stuff when, when, when you cease to exist. Okay, you no, no, I need to repeat that sentence. You when do, your body is no longer right, that's alive what I'm to, I didn't Earth. want to say day. Dead. You said cease to exist. When your body ceases tr- to, to we exist, we just here. spent two hours telling these people when that when you die, you don't cease to exist. When your body ceases to exist. Thank you. I watched as the Lamb opened the first uh, of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a loud voice, "Come!" And I looked, and there was before me a white horse. And its rider had a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the land opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. And then another horse came out, and a fiery red one. And, it, you know, we're not getting into revelation stuff tonight, but just visualize it. Uh, its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and made people kill each other. 
to him was given a sword. Then the lamb came and opened the third seal, and I heard the living creature say, Come, and I looked, and before me was a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures, saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages. Then the lamb opened the fourth seal, and I heard the voice of the fourth creature, living creature say, Come. And I looked, there was before me a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. There was given power over the fourth uh, of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague. And when the fifth seal was opened, now this is where I want to get to. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and testimony that they maintained. And they called out with a loud voice. Now, how would they know mm-hmm. that God's judgment hadn't been played out? Come on. Unless they were watching. They were watching. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, Till you judge the inhabitants of the earth and you avenge our blood. When you die, you don't die and you can ask for vengeance. Come on! I'm not kidding. Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of the fellow servants and brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, there's singing in heaven. You can call on God and ask for vengeance and righteousness, and you are watching what's going on. You're part of the team. All my enemies take note. When I die, I only become more powerful. It's true, though. It's true, though. I'm going to read Revelation chapter 15. And I saw heaven and other great marvelous signs, seven angels with seven last plagues. Um, and... The last, because of them, God's wrath was completed. I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire, uh, standing by the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over a number of its names, and they held harps given to them by God. Something's happening in heaven. They were working, and they sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb because they were watching, and they're looking, and they're seeing what God is doing, okay? They're asking for God to bring vengeance. They're praising God when he does bring vengeance. Come on. There's a whole lot in this Revelation story that um, we can see that is yet to take place and has taken place in many ways. So you can see how the Holy Spirit is working through us. And I want you guys to under, understand something that uh, we're going to go now to Hebrews chapter 11. And this is kind of this my is favorite. Literally my favorite chapter yeah. in the whole Bible. What, not Romans 8? We just read. We just that. read Romans eight. This is no. This it is, depends on what scripture you're in currently. Yeah, this one's the best. No, but literally, this is my. Yeah, favorite. I mean, it talks about salvation nah. and power, no. God, the and great cloud giftings, and it talks that. about creation and everything in there. We're it's not. Awesome. We're not going to read the whole thing, but now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see, and this is the confidence that I want to give you in the hope of what you don't see. This is what the ancients were ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made by what is visible. Mm. By faith, Abel brought uh, God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel, Abel still speaks, <gasps> even though he is dead. And let me explain something. This is how we it's need so to good. understand. Abel still speaks. And he didn't even have the, he wasn't even raised into heaven yet. He was still hanging out in Abraham's bosom, kind of whatever, sleeping or whatever they're doing there. Okay. It's not a lot on that either. Okay. 
So we have to so kind ba- of infer. So, ba- so basically when Cain slayed Abel, and God's like, so, like, where's your brother, you know? Have you seen him lately? Like, what's going on? And he, God's speaking, and, like, you know, Abel's there in eternity with God, like, right beside him, like, you know, he's standing right beside me. Of course, you know, well, I know Well, Abel wouldn't have been in eternity at that point. He would have been well, in guess, Abraham's bosom. Yeah, I guess so. But God sees all and knows all. He does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God knew. Sort of a thing. God knew where he was. It was a redundant question. His Where's soul, your old brother? His, his I know where he living. is. He's Do with you? Him his soul is still alive, and he's it's saw, by faith. He was at, he was attaining he was, salvation by faith. That's be, the whole point of this chapter. Because exactly. if he was like, it's a, a spiritual thing. Like if he's connected with God, like just because he died didn't mean he's not connected with God. Right. right. Like Abraham was still connected with God. It's not like he's just in Abraham's bosom, right. just like in some sort of. I don't know if it was like a pit in the earth or what it was. Where you have the one mm-hmm. side is the is judgment, and the other side was some sort of paradise. Yep, that's kind of what it was. But yeah, it's not like they're separate from God. But... Right. So by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he didn't actually experience death. He went straight to Big heaven, I guess. Cheater. Uh, he could not be found because God had taken him away. For uh, Before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. For without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must... Believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek Y'all him. better have that memorized from watching my show because I quote it almost every show. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. If anyone would come to God, he must first believe that he is and that his he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're not, if you're, if, if you don't get to experience all that God would have for you in this life, Mm-hmm. You get to continue to live it in heaven. Come okay? on. By faith, Noah. What what was Abraham looking for? What was Enoch he's, looking for? Well, what looking is for Noah silver, looking a city for? city whose builder and maker was God. And like it said, it says like three times in that passage in various ways that there were people in there that, you know, hey, they didn't get the blessings here in this life, you know? And there are people that they determined that they'd rather suffer for Jesus Christ than to receive the the bentley and the you know the stretch limo and the jet airplane here in this life Mm -hmm. you know but it's but somehow in eternity none of that matters like in the split second like point zero 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 one percentage of Mm -hmm. a second in eternity with god nothing else matters you know he's dried every tear it's all gone away that that it's so great that you can't even comprehend mm. the what was happening before. You know, it's like if you're going to some sort of event, or you're going to an amusement park, or you're going to go out to eat and go to a restaurant or whatever it is. Like this life, it's it's like you're still like waiting in line. Like you haven't even got your got your meal yet. Yeah. You know, it's like you're standing out front waiting to get your ticket to, like, get into the event. Well, there you go. Amen. You know, eternity's so awesome that we, if we can't comprehend that, that we can't understand, like, how they, you know, were led to make those to- choices and decisions exactly. and all that. Because exactly. we think, wow, we, you know, it's sort of like, we do we lay down our life or do we protect our life sort wow. of thing? You know, yeah. these contrasts of, like... There's an air of something that all of these in Hebrews chapter 11, they were looking for something, okay? Mm. By faith, Noah, when he was warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world 
and he became an heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Well, Just by his own work, he became an heir. And well, he's still an heir. Well, talk about your rewards being in Christ and on this earth. Like, how about feeling like God's leading you to be a missionary, an evangelist, you know, a pastor, something like that. And like you receive, other than a few people in your family, like zero salvations over his preaching over like a hundred years building that boat. Yeah. Mm. Because it says in Hebrews, I think that he was a preacher of righteousness and stuff. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, that's pretty powerful. He like, condemned hey, the I'm, whole world and became I'm heir of righteousness. To, I'm led to do it, you know, sort of like Jeremiah and different people. Like with Jeremiah, it's like, okay, like Noah. Where, where's the fruit? I mean, Jeremiah. Noah, how many people did you get saved? Jeremiah's got None his. but my family, Lord. Yeah, Jeremiah had his little Good. His scribe. Seven, seven Good. people. Seven people. His scribe Baruch, but other than him, like there wasn't a whole lot going on. None but my family. He says, Good. That's what I wanted you to do. It's not how many people it's, we get saved. It's not that it's obedience. always that way because, you know, God brings a fruit, you know, some plant, some water. God well, brings an increase. Yeah. But even if there is no fruit, then. Abraham, how many people did you save out of Sodom and Gomorrah? None. Mm. Good. I was trying to tell you I couldn't save any of them. I think it was Abraham that was trying to get God to save them. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody thinks that when they go to heaven, it's how many people they get saved. That's not it. That's not it. By faith, Abraham... But when, blessed is the man who turns many to righteousness. Uh, absolutely. By faith, Abraham, when uh, called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. The, but they didn't see it. He was looking forward to the city with foundations. What? What? whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and as good as dead, came mm. descendants as numerous as a star in the sky and as countless as the sand of the seashore. And I'm telling you, let me explain something, honey. Mm. New Jerusalem is here. That's good. And Abraham is hanging out. And whenever we go see him, I believe he comes up and says, Hi, you're my great, 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 granddaughter because we are the seed of Abraham. Okay. And he gets so excited. Oh, I got another one. Hi. Hi. How you doing? And 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 he is actually receiving in him the joy of each new person that comes to know Jesus. Yeah. That was a promise, and that was that God promised him that. And he still is receiving that. All these people were still living by faith. When they died, they did not receive the things promised. Wait, what? So some of us have this. We do not have an understanding of heaven. This is for you to understand heaven. Come on. Wait, God, like Oprah, she'd have it right under my chair, right? Isn't this the prosperity? You get like, a car and you the prosperity get a car gospel, and everybody like, gets a car. Yeah, everybody look under your chair. Like God blesses us, but you know. But here's the thing. They saw them and they welcomed them from a distance. Come on. What is that? That's so good. I want you all to like close your eyes and see them and welcome yeah, your promises. That's good. Okay. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They knew it then. Mm. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. Wow. My own. Does Abraham have a country of his own? Yes. Does Isaac? Yes. Does Jacob? Do all the yes. saints have a country of their own? Yes. Guys, in heaven, you don't understand. Heaven, earth is a mere reflection of heaven, but mm. heaven is a perfection. That's good. 
Okay, so what you see on earth, you're going to see in heaven, mm. but better, holy, pure, righteous. Okay, if they had been looking of the country that they had left, mm. earth, then they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country. And he keeps saying this, a heavenly country, a heavenly country, a heavenly country, mm -hmm. a new Jerusalem yeah. descended down from heaven. We're building out the new Jerusalem. We are, we are as Christians building out this new Jerusalem. And when you get there, God has a place for you. Jesus even says this. He goes, I'm going so I can make a place for you. So where I am, you can come. Come on. In my house, there are many mansions. If it weren't so, I'm not going to, I wouldn't tell you so. So I have a house for you. I'm building a land for you. I have a country for you. And this is the breeding grounds of souls, and they go to heaven. We don't need to breed lives in heaven. That's why you don't have flesh and blood. There's no intercourse in heaven. There's no flesh and blood beating hearts in heaven. You have a heavenly body. It said that in, in heaven, you're not you're not going to have congeal you know, marriages, but there are still families. Okay, That's good. you're not given in marriage, but you're still one. God makes one. God doesn't pull that apart. You're still in heaven. You're one. Mm -hmm. You're one. Okay. He already, he joins, here's the thing. He joined you as a soul. He doesn't pull you apart again. That's okay. So, you know, if, if. And not to get us sidetracked, but since you mentioned salvation and being born again, to go along with what you're saying earlier about uh, being crucified with Christ and dying to ourselves and stuff. If you look at Romans, I think it's between like Romans five and Romans eight. It's don't hold me to it. It's somewhere in there. It says right in there, if you look up the original uh, words used, it they indicate that you're co-crucified with Christ. Mm. So when he was on that cross, we were on the cross spiritually. Mm. You know, when he died, we died, co, you know, died with him. And mm. when he was resurrected into this power and authority, then we are resurrected with him in right. life. What I love here is that therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. Jesus prepared a, a, a mansions for them. God prepared a whole city for them. And when Jesus rose to heaven, they rose too. And Jesus was like, can't wait to show you around. He <laughs> literally says that I'm I going know. to prepare a praise for you that where I am, you can come and I want to show you around. Okay. I added that, but that's what he <laughs> means. Okay, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice whom he had embraced. The promise was about to sacrifice his only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. God or Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. That's amazing. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was near the end, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. He knew, what was it, 300 years later, they were going to go into the promised land. Okay, he saw it. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because he was. they saw that he wasn't an ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Don't be afraid, by the way. That's a side note. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known uh, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He could have had stuff in this world. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pressures of sin. Yeah, and it's for a season or a lifetime, it says. And it's it's really intriguing there. It's interesting because... You know, everyone's focused in on get to the promised land, get to the promised land, get to the blessings and stuff. And 
on the one hand, Moses didn't go into the promised land, but on the other, it's like, hey, you know, I might as well be with these people in the wilderness because when he left Egypt, he went to the wilderness to live for 40 years where they ended up going. So it's like, hey, I'm already home. I'm already, you know, I'm already here. I'm used to it. Got, got him used I'm to used to dying to self out here in the yeah. wilderness. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Hmm. Whoa. By faith, he kept the Passover. Oh, by the, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. How did he know Christ? He says he, re, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater than value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. His like, reward? Because we see what Christ did on the cross back, you know, 2,000 years ago, but they were looking forward to what Christ was doing. But everyone's eyes are on Christ, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. Everyone's looking for a home. That's good. Because if, if Christ was the, is the word, and if he, his spoken word out of his mouth created the heavens and the earth and everything, we're just looking to him. Mm. And Moses could see that, you know... It's all about Christ. It's all mm. about Jesus. And But what shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, and David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Mm. They actually gained the inheritance of the kingdom. Come that on. was They saw the kingdom that would be, Come and they inherited that, that kingdom. Maybe, maybe Barack Obama needs to, like... Look at that. You know, I you got he, yeah. you got something to Wrong Barack. Yeah, you got something to strive for. You know, you're missing the mark a little bit, you know. They you need salvation yeah, here. He does. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the furry, fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and and routed foreign armies. Women received their dead, raised to life again. We were talking about Elijah and Elijah both did that. Uh, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Come on. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put into to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world is not worthy of them. Mm. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith were... Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together oh, with us oh. would they be made perfect. Are they made perfect? Yes, sir. Are they in heaven? Yes. Do they have their promises? Yes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of Come witnesses, on, now we're let church. us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us every single one of you the lord told me today to Come tell on. you you each have your race Let's my go. race is going to be different than matt's race matt had a pretty difficult childhood i start back a little bit farther i gotta run a little bit harder i gotta run a little bit longer to get to the place that he's got to get to if somebody else had an even better life than me and they're gonna have to run harder and faster to get where i'm at and somebody else had it a lot harder than even Matt. And they don't have to run as far. And I'm telling you, God has, God show me these people marked out like you would on a race. And I saw. And, and even at that, like we look at it as if none of that even matters because we're all looking to Christ and 
he suffered more than anyone that's ever been on this earth. So, you know, what do we have to complain? Right. What, that's good. What do we have to complain about, you know, if we see it from that perspective? Neil says, I prefer not to get sold into two, but so be it. He says, Let, let's go. Lorraine says, just coming in, amen, Matt, co-crucified, co-heirs, co-laborers to do the great co-commission, amen. I think what, Matt, what Matt's saying is the next verse here. Fixing our, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us doing one thing. Mm. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfect of our faith for the joy set out before him endured the cross, scorning its shame Amen. and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you may grow, not grow weary and lose heart. Mm. So I want you guys not to grow weary and not to, not to, not to lose heart. I want you to know that when you die, you don't die. Death has no hold over you. We already mm. went over those scriptures. Death has no hold on me. You say that over again. When you die, you don't die. You continue going. You continue working. And you become part of this great cloud of witnesses. Amen. And you keep working and you keep doing. And we don't know exactly what that looks like. But you run your race. And watch the movie. <laughs> After death. <laughs> yes. No, it's an excellent, phenomenal movie. Everybody needs to watch and, it. And, you know, read books by... You know, autobiographies or biographies by Christian missionaries and mm -hmm. evangelists, because, I mean, whether they believe in, you know, what people would call the kingdom message or whatever, they're not just laying around thinking, mm. well, I'm going to get raptured tomorrow, so I don't have to really do anything for Jesus. I mean, it's radical, mm -hmm. you know, like the Moravian revival where they get on the boat, sell themselves into slavery to preach the gospel to the slaves and the slave owners. Mm -hmm. And they're yelling off the side of the boat to their family members, like, may the lamb have the full reward of his sufferings. When people are going to, like, India or China, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like, these stories are amazing. You know... Or, like, various people that went to preach the gospel in, like, the Philippines, and then, like, several different people, like, they were either in China or the Philippines, and the World War II started, and they're, like, in concentration camps, and somehow they're getting, like their captors saved. Mm. Yeah. And then like after the war, you'd have people professing the gospel. Like you'd have the, sl the former prisoners on one side and you'd have the prison guards or the warden or whatever, or the prison, whatever you call them, like standing right beside them. And they're like, yeah, we're brothers in Christ. And you know, mm. talking about how they got saved. It's so crazy. Neil, this is excellent scripture. To die is gain, to live is Christ. That's Philippians uh, chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, mm. whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident in this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for all your progress and joy and faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Christ Jesus by my coming to you again. And you read all these stories. Excellent they scripture, Neil. They weren't seeking. That's that perfectly goes along with that because they weren't seeking out suffering. <clears throat> They're seeking out salvations of people's souls. And if suffering temporarily came into their world, mm -hmm. then 
they just saw the big picture and they were willing to go through it because mm -hmm. they knew that, hey, you know, you can't take anything from me because I'm an eternal being with God. So the more you lay down your life to Christ, the safer you are. So let's go, let's address this real quick. And then I want to read Lorraine's comment for, uh, this is a scripture, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm. Becky says, I'm reading Corey Ten Boom's Tramp for the Lord to my eight-year-old for homeschooling. That sounds mm. awesome. Patriot Gallery says... We can do that with all illegal immigrants and invaders so that they can take the gospel of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution home to a to have a godly government by living Christian principles. Mm. Um, this is a really good question, and I'm glad that Freedom1145 on Rumble ask, has asked this question. Um, I have a son with Down syndrome. What happens to him? Will I meet my son looking whole someday, looking how he would be without his challenges? Yes. Yeah, because your, your son yes. has a physical challenge. Yes. But his spirit, your spirit man becomes whole and out out, out of this body. And what I have seen from Down Syndrome people mm -hmm. is that they are closer to the Holy Spirit than mm -hmm. anyone. I wanna, I, I, this is my experience. So do children, this is a theological, um, this is a, this is, I think we might have covered this. Theologically, I'm going to tell you where I land on um, on children and salvation and, and Down syndrome and mentally disabled would fall into this category. 100%. So there's a scripture that said before he knew to eat the... The, the curds. The curds and the... Um, honey, honey, I think. The honey. It's like Isaiah... Isaiah, Isaiah 9. Um, I think it's Isaiah 9. So is it, this is a scripture about Jesus. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress... The people in walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation, increased their joy, and it's, it's talking about Jesus. Where is it? Before he, before he, where is, where is it? I'm going to have to find this one. Before he eats. Um, um, and Lorraine says, yes, amen, perfected in the Lord. Here's the deal. The question is, if a child dies, do they remain a child forever in heaven? No. We don't have the answer for the progression of how they become an adult. Maybe they mm. become an adult instantly. Maybe it's they grow Isaiah up in heaven. Seven. I'm not really Sorry. sure. But either way, they become an adult. Likewise, when it comes to somebody that has Down syndrome, mm. they all of us will be reach perfected maturity. and reach maturity mm -hmm. in heaven. Mm -hmm. beyond, beyond, a doubt, like, yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt. So here's a, the, a virgin, Isaiah 7, uh, 14. Therefore, the Lord will give him give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough, when he knows enough mm. to reject the evil and choose the good. That's good. Okay. So that, that's the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a time in each child's life when he knows enough mm. to reject the evil. Mm-hmm. And accept the good. That's good. And that's, we can call that the age of accountability. And that's a scripture for that. Um, so God is not sending children into hell because they don't, they don't know what that is. They don't have a choice to make. And that's the same thing with Down syndrome. They don't have the choice to, they don't have, they don't know to accept the evil and choose the good. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And so they're not giving that opportunity. They're not, they're, they're, it's the sin in them. And so I would say that that's a, that's a theological bent that Isaiah 58 Ministries takes on on that for children and, and mentally disabled people. Amen. That's our scripture yeah. for that. 100%. Yeah, so um, I also wanted to read to you, you guys were reading um, Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians. <laughs> I want you to know that when you have given your entire life to God and to Jesus and to serve him, you're going to do what God sets out for you to do and nothing can stop you. Amen. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, a fiery furnace. And I want to read this to you about Paul. Paul knew that he was going to go to Caesar and to Rome. He literally was not afraid of anything else. And he says, he, he lists out all these qualifications. Okay. And he's kind of making a, people were questioning him. And he lists all the different things that happened to them. I have worked much harder. I have been in prison more frequently. I have been flogged more severely. I have mm. been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes, my 39. Five times he was beaten to the point where Jesus was. Five times. Mm. And Jesus told him, you're going to suffer these things. He let him know. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Try to be stoned to death. Three times I was shipwrecked. They couldn't kill this man, okay? Three times he was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I, was, I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger of rivers, in danger of bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger of the sea, in danger from false believers. I ain't afraid of death. It can't get a hold on me because I have already died and I live every waking and sleeping moment for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm. And when we get to that place where we say, death has no hold on me, Lord, I give you my body. I give you my soul. I give you my mind. Death can't have a hold on you. And I have a interview that we did yesterday with Charlita Bassett, who's running for Senate in California. And she has looked death in the eye several times and death said that knocking on her door. And she said, okay, I'm ready. And God said, no, I'm not ready. You stay. And she told her family a couple times, I'm ready to meet Jesus. Don't mourn me if I'm gone. And God said, Charlita, it ain't your time. Okay. But I'm telling you what, guys, we can't be afraid of death. Okay. He said, I know hunger and thirst and I've gone without food and I've been cold and I've been naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all of the churches. Mm. Who is weak and I don't feel weak? Who is led into sin and I don't inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weakness. The God and the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who is praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In, the, in Damascus, the governor, King Artus, had the city of, of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered out of a basket from a window... And I slipped through the wall. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was this caught up himself. in the third heaven. Is, he's talking about himself. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from mm. the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught up into paradise. And he heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. And I will boast about a man like that, but I won't boast about myself except for my weaknesses. 
This is called the third heaven. We were talking about praying third heaven prayers. He went into heaven. He saw things. He experienced things. And the Lord said, go back. Go back and do the things I'm telling you to do. He says, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Amen. And I, I made a fool for myself. But you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not the least inferior to the super possibles. He's trying to make a kind of, they were, they were like, who are you, Paul? It's like, well, I died like 500 times. I went to heaven. Okay. All right. And through those things, those sufferings, the kingdom of God advanced mightily on the earth. And there are a lot of salvations that mm -hmm. came of it. It's like some of the missionaries that would, go to some place in the middle of nowhere to evangelize the cannibals or something. And, mm. you know, some of them, they ended up getting eaten. But, mm -hmm. you know, most of them afterwards got saved. So it's really powerful. So if you guys have any questions, any more thoughts, any prayers that you need us to it's pray. It's all about advancing the kingdom yeah. of God and advancement. Yeah. Lorraine says, Jesus the told society us. society changes and the people the are living differently. In this life, you will have great difficulties, but consider it all joy, for I overcame the world. Whether I abase or abound, I shall glorify and praise my God, for greater is he who lives in me than Satan who lives in this world. I'm going to read a few more scriptures on heaven before we round off. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 10. John 14, 2. Let me mention this. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I don't know if you want to put this in the scriptures. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. Revelations 21, 3. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, a dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain for the former things are passed away. We do know that what heaven kind of looks like. There's 12 gates with 12 pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. Psalm 1611, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore and joy. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, and take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Mm. What is that? 1 Peter 1, 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Kept in heaven for you. There's an inheritance. And that's a wonderful message for people that feel like their parents, their parents maybe didn't want them to be in this world. God knew that you were coming here. And God wants you to be born again in him. To be his child. That's the one word that I, I wanted to... To be married to Christ yeah. and to live for him. I mean, he had that... Like what you're reading there, he had tremendous blessings and things in store for people even before they're on this earth. The one word that I wanted you guys to understand and to get was of your inheritance. I'm going to go back for it. This is 1 Peter 1, 
3 and 4. Praise be to the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith, faith was, are shielded by God's power unto the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in this last time. This salvation that we all receive, we all have this now. There, there, there is this salvation. You have come to so you have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I want you to have a experience tonight. And I'm asking for God to give you that experience. A an experience, a heavenly experience. I'm asking God to take you in your spirit to heaven. Mm. And I want, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to, and I've been asking him all day, for every single one of you to see what heaven looks like. That's good. For you to know, because here's the thing, you have not your salvation in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, and the patriarchs could see in the future what their promise was. But we're stuck here on earth and, and we don't know what our promise is. We don't know what our inheritance is. And so, you know, Christians that were that went before us, like Michelle mentioned, the pilgrims or even the founding fathers, they weren't afraid of death. They embraced anything that would lead them to meeting Jesus sooner. Because they were praying from a heavenly viewpoint mm -hmm. where you're there with God at his throne and we call into being those blessings mm -hmm. that he has for us, mm -hmm. calling them down from heaven to earth to be manifested. But even if it's like, if we're enjoying things here in this life, then that's great. And if we were to pass away at, at some point, you know, ideally for everyone in some sort of old <laughs> age or something, but mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you're going to, enjoy God's best in eternity so you can't lose either way exactly second Corinthians 4 we talked about this and I read this one more time therefore do not this is verse 16 do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Lord God, give every person watching here tonight a vision of the unseen. Relieve their temporary afflictions, but remind them if they must carry them, like Paul or um, any, any amount of missionaries, or if there's, if there's something that we need to persevere through, persevere through, allow us to see what that's for. Allow us to see the reward in heaven. Allow us to pull on those rewards in heaven. Allow us to pull on those treasures. Give us the tools that we need to be overcomers, to mm. manifest your kingdom on earth, to be your hands, to be your feet. 
allow us father god to be that 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 loving force of justice uh in every single moment that we live and breathe but let us not love our lives unto death but let us love our lives unto life knowing that we are dead Mm. and if you are watching today and you're not sure of your salvation you don't know if you've truly given your life to jesus and i invite you to do so today and it's very simple You heard a message today about a savior who took death upon him. And you've heard a message on how we get into that life. Mm. And what we do is we lay down our life and all you say is, Jesus, I give you my life. I give Mm. you my soul. I give you my mind. I give you my will. Help me to take up my cross daily. I want to be part of your kingdom. Transfer me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The the word of God says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life, Mm. then you will receive this salvation. Just say, Holy Spirit, let me die to myself and let me live according to Christ and fill me overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit. And now for those of you who have the salvation, but you haven't gone past the gate, you can too say, Lord, I have not given all of all of myself. And there's the brochure about all these wonderful things in the kingdom that they're telling me about. But I didn't know this existed. Let me walk out the kingdom inheritance in this life and let me run the race. Let me run with joy and perseverance. And if I've got them things that I have to go through, I know that your grace is sufficient and mm. I can do so with joy. I can do so with gladness, knowing that you have good things in this life and in the life to come that you promise the disciples that if I give up anything in this life, I will get it back in this life and the life to come. There is nothing that we need to hold on to. We give everything in our lives to you, knowing that if we are blessed with Paul says, if I abound, I praise God. If I am abased, I praise God in all things. I give God glory. If you bless me with a farm, if you bless me with a house, if you bless me with a family, I rejoice. If for some reason I sacrifice that I will receive that in the next life because we all have the promise of Abraham. We are promised lands. We are promised fields. We are promised the blessing. We don't exactly know what heaven looks like, but we can, but we ask you father God tonight for a vision of that beautiful paradise that you promised Abraham who's living there right now that you promised Isaac who's living that right now and they received it by faith and we want to receive that inheritance right now which we can live out today and we can live out in the future and we get the best of both worlds right now and I pray Father God for everybody watching that you give them gifts and signs and wonders and miracles we ask for gifts of prophecy right now we ask for workings of miracles we ask that you equip the saints for the work of the miracle for the ministry I ask you that you raise up apostles and prophets and teachers and preachers evangelists And that you would equip these saints as they would go out into the world and they would call people in and say, you must be saved, but you want to be saved. And you too can have part of this inheritance, that this vision of heaven, you can go to heaven tonight. You can go to heaven tonight, even while your body is still living and your heart is still beating. You can live out of heaven. And that's the eternal glory that the, that, that, that the, the, the patriarchs were looking for the ability to live out of heaven, but you get to live out of heaven and out of earth because you are 
are a stranger and you get to live out of that new Jerusalem, that, that place that's been prepared for you. And I ask you for dreams and visions that, the, that everybody living right now would have dreams and visions of heaven, that they would see angels, that you would draw them into that presence, into that power, and that they would touch heaven and touch earth and touch heaven and touch earth. And they, your will will be done on earth as it's done in heaven, that you would heal the, you would heal blind eyes, that you would heal broken hearts, that you would heal marriages, that you would grant unto people the land and the inheritances and the deeds that you have promised to their generation, to their, to the generations beyond them, to the generations before them. And I just claim your family's inheritance. I claim Abraham's inheritance, which is the whole entire earth. And I claim it for you and your family in perpetuity right now in Jesus name. He has deeds. He has certificates with your name on him. And you must get past the gate of salvation and enter into the kingdom and begin to manifest the kingdom of God. And I pray the Holy Spirit gives you a map so that you know how to run your race tonight. Say, Holy Spirit, let me run my race. Help me to run my race. And I had a vision and I saw a, a particular person here on a, on a race. And I saw another person here. And the Lord said, each of you run your race marked out for you. You see, he has races and you've got to see your race marked out for you. You have to see it. You've got to run your race. And the Lord says, many of you are not looking at the map. Hmm. You're not looking at the map. I have a race for you. I have a brochure. I have a map for you. It's in the word of God. And when you open up the word of God, you'll see the map and the race that has been laid out for you. Come on. The, the race course that was laid out for you, Timothy, 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 Timothy. There's a Tim watching tonight. Mm. You're, in you're in a trucking, construction, concrete, rocks. And you've been wondering... If you're supposed to do something with this business, landscaping, so Timothy is a landscaper. Timothy, you have given your life to him. You say, I'm running my race tonight. And the message he has for you is that you are running the race. I see you running the race and you are, you, every person that you meet, the Lord says, I'm going to ramp up the encounters that you have. Mm. You've been asking Holy Spirit, every person that you meet, you try to get a word of God for. Every person that you meet, you try to um, to, to reach into their lives. And the Lord says, I'm pulling you into full-time ministry. Wow. And you're going to put, you're leaving behind the concrete work and the landscaping. You're leading it in the, into your hands of your sons. And they will continue on. But the Lord says, I'm giving you and I'm sending you as a traveling minister because you have the ability to get words of wisdom and knowledge for just strangers. And the Lord says, you get into your car and you get into your truck, you get into your truck and just drive and listen to the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you where to stop and who to speak. And you will start these little, these little revivals and you'll get words and just say, Hold, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's giving you words. You are, you are, you have a prophetic um, traveling ministry. The Lord says, I don't know who the Timothy is. There's a John. There's a John watching tonight. I know it's a pretty, you know, easy name to, to get. John. Oh, John. I don't know if this is our John or another John. John, you've been struggling and it's been hard. And you laugh and you smile, but you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. You've made decisions that you wish you hadn't made, things you can't, you don't feel like you can undo. And, you, and, and as a man, you, you, you try to take responsibility. And the Lord says, stop taking responsibility for decisions that you've made. You keep saying that you make these decisions. You didn't make those decisions. Mm. 
Um, those decisions were made for you. And when you relinquish your responsibility and you pick up the true responsibility, you'll be free to be the minister and the traveling minister that you're called to be. Because I know you want to travel and I know you want to minister and I know you want to be a, a witness, but you feel like you have all these other responsibilities that you have, um, you've built and you've done and you don't know how to undo them. And the Holy Spirit says that you can't undo them as long as you think it's your responsibility. You have to breathe in Holy Spirit, breathe out yourself and say, Holy Spirit, I relinquish any responsibility in my life that um, I put on that's, that you didn't put on me, that somebody else and the devil put things on you, the world put things on you. And you had to take that weight of that. You're you're literally wearing two armors. You're, you're, you've got a, the, somebody else's somebody else's yoke. It's another, the Lord, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Cause my yoke is easy. And my burn is light. The Lord says, take that yoke off your shoulders. There's a Maria. There's a Maria and you're Spanish, you're Hispanic. And you want to know about your kids. You're here and you're here in America and you're not here. Um, I don't know if you're here legally or not, but you want your kids to come up and you don't know how you're going to get your kids up. And, and we keep talking about how we should close the border, but you want your children up and your children are unaccompanied minors, but, but somebody is calling them up. You made the trek, um, by yourself. And now some of these unaccompanied minors are being, are being brought up by parents who are paying to have their kids brought to them. Mm. Maria, go get your kids, go to your kids. Do not allow the traffickers to traffic your children. You know what happens to them. It's not worth it to be in America. I know you think, ask Holy Spirit where you and your family can be to be provided for that's safe, but you should never have come and left your children behind. You are a parent and you're responsible. You don't get to put your kids in the, in the hands of somebody else to, to, to bring up here. And that goes for a lot of people watching and people who are not watching. And so we just pray for all those children that are unaccompanied right now and, and, and their parents mean well, but they didn't understand the system. And they don't understand the system and their kids are going to have scars that they're going to have to work through for the rest of their lives if their parents just don't go. And I just pray, Father God, right now that you make the, the countries of origin safe again. Many of you should, should, should actually go to El Salvador. It's a safe country. Many of you should go and make Argentina great. You should go there. Go to some of these safe countries that are being great and, and, bring, and, and work hard there. But do not try to trek in, in a way that, that, that puts your life in danger. The Lord says, I have given you some safe havens in these nations. They were difficult. They were hard. And he has heard your prayers. Biden is not your savior. Mm, that's good. Biden can't save you and America can't save you. Mm. Many of you are losing your lives coming up here. And I just pray that you protect them. Does somebody else have a word? I'm, I'm getting that somebody else has a word. Matt, are you getting something? Something you want to pray? We just thank you for just giving them heavenly guidance and just uh, they'd be overflowed with your love and that they would no more make that track because it's not worth it. It's not no, worth losing your life over. And don't believe the lies of the enemy that Biden's your savior or that somehow it's going to be better or greater here because God's anointed you right where you're at and there's safe havens in the areas where you live and close by and 
that the Holy Spirit's been poured out upon all flesh. And you can have revival right where you stand right now. Right where you sit. You can have that peace and comfort right there. And you don't have to split your family up. You don't have to have them divided. I hear that the Golan Heights is going to be hit with a rocket and that the Jews and Palestinians and Muslims will all stand in awe and they'll say, wait, what have we done to... Um, and they will put their arms down because they will say, they will they will realize that they have never been arguing um, and fighting one another, that they have um, a common ancestor and that is Abraham and they will be the brothers of Abraham and that these Abraham Accords, um, that they were prophetic and what will happen in Jerusalem um, will happen the new Jerusalem uh, will be will happen in Jerusalem mm. and brother will come to brother once again because these Arab families with that they knew their history that they are actually are our brothers um, in the and that region they're the same and that and they're that the same they're all the same and that they all just need salvation in Jesus Christ and they all just look to him and they all want the fullness of the giftings and relationship with him you're all just Arabs um, you're all Arabs, and the Lord says that God Almighty himself is waiting for you all to come home through Jesus. That the brotherhood is because... I'll go back to Adam and Eve in the garden and yeah. the original creation. The brotherhood is because you don't know Jesus, that n neither side is under God the Father, and that you're both fighting over um, being sons of, of the God, of God. And mm -hmm. the Lord says you, in order to be a son, you have to go through the Son. And so in God's eyes, you are, you're, you're more related than you think and that you both need to, 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 to fall on your knees and repent together. You're more like cousins, the Lord says, and, um, long lost cousins. I just see several cousins once, twice, a hundred times removed. And if you could see it, you wouldn't harm each other, um, because your, your ethnicity is the same. And the Lord says, I have, um, I'm pulling you out of this um, ethnic identity that you see yourself as an ethnic person and you have this ethnic pride in who you are. Uh, Muslims have a, a pride in their religion and Jews have a pride in their ethnicity and religion. And the Lord says all pride in ethnicity or religion shall be torn down because we don't go to God with pride. We don't go to God with arrogance. We go to God. He says to uh, David, it is a broken and contrite and humble heart that I seek. And not a pride, not not process. a heart of pride. Don't fill yourself full of just endless, just meaningless genealogies. Mm. There's um, somebody out there that's being tormented with dreams of a crocodile. Hmm. And God says that the reason why you're being tormented with this dream is because there's somebody in your life that is speaking into your life with teeth that is um, literally ripping you and your family apart. Mm. And God says, this is how you handle crocodiles. You wrap um, a rope around their mouth and mm. you shut the mouth. And so there are people that are speaking into your life that you need to exit them from your life mm. and shut what they're saying up. And that's why you're being tormented mm. by these dreams of crocodiles because you have somebody that you just need to shut their mouth in your God life and speaking into else. you. Amen. 
And I see we obey a, God rather than man. I see a and listen to him first. Amen. I see a Sarah. And you have a child that you're holding that is sick. Um, and I think you have one on the way. And the Lord says um, that you've been having trouble. So we're going to pray for that pregnancy. And I just pray that Sarah's baby will be healed inside of her womb mm. and you'll be taken care of. Um, I, um, I'm hearing, I mean, I'm hearing dead baby, um, that, that there's a, a kind of like a miscarriage happening. And if that's you, um, I just pray for comfort and I pray for health for your body and mind right now. And that if this child is passing, that you will be healed and healthy and whole and God will we restore you with a new baby. Um, we had some friends of ours who they hadn't gotten pregnant they were in their forties and they just could not get pregnant. And they had, a, they had gotten pregnant the first time and uh, they had a miscarriage and it was absolutely devastating because they didn't know if they could have another baby. And then naturally God um, had them have twins um, in their forties. And the Lord says that um, this miscarriage um, and the womb is, is clearing out and that you will be pregnant again. You wondered about that. You're young. Amen. Uh, we have a lot. I, once you open up the doors of heaven, guys, the windows of heaven, mm. you can continue to get words. But we're going to close this door now so that you guys can go into heaven and get words for yourself. And so what I encourage you guys is to ask Holy Spirit for a, tra a, a trans transition into heaven. And when you, before you go to sleep tonight, um, ask Holy Spirit to take you to heaven and to begin to pray those prayers out of heaven and begin to see and, and to get a, and to get words of wisdom and, and, and the prophetic the lord says to to rather to prophesy to seek to prophesy and as you do you'll you'll speak out the, the the perfect words of heaven tonight and i just seal all this up and i pray for those who have loved ones who are in the hospital those who are sick those who are seeking the lord for comfort for loved ones who have gone before them and i just pray father god that your spirit and your grace will be 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 strong enough for every person now um, that they would see their loved ones. And I pray for those who are, who are praying for loved ones so that they would receive salvation, that they would meet you along the way, that you would bring ministering spirits and angels along the way to guide them into heaven and into salvation tonight, and that everybody watching would be given grace and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, it's very interesting. I was texting uh, one of my best friends just now because I needed to ask <laughs> I believe that all of these words that Leah gave were for specific people with those names, but just to give you guys kind of a real life, amazing seeing something unfold perfectly. There's stuff that's going on with our best friend um, today, tonight that Leah doesn't know anything about at really at all um, that I've been privy to in text messages and every single name that Leah prophesied out has to do with our best friend, all of them in order, Timothy, John, Sarah, and Maria. And so as Leah was praying that out and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> Lord. All right. So, um, I, I, the last one, the Maria, I wasn't hundred percent sure. And I just texted our best friend, Jesse. And I said, do you have a Maria in your life? She goes, yes. I just texted you about her vision of serpents this morning. So, um, and they're going through some very, very heavy stuff today. Very, very heavy stuff. So, um, I just wanted to kind of give that to you guys as just to let you know confirmation that when you open up the windows of heaven, the Lord will speak to you and you all can do this. It's not a Leah and Michelle and Matt thing, um, or pastor Neil Peterson or Scott Kesterson or whatever. It is you and God and Holy spirit and that prayer closet. And you can literally open up those windows of heaven and God will speak to you. One of my favorite ways to do that is with a prayer journal. And just let the Lord speak to you. So a couple of updates. Um, 
for you guys. The Dan Patch Revival. It's literally in three days. Okay, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So this coming Saturday, very, very excited. We are going to be in Oxford, Indiana. Tag and Becky have been in the chat. Becky's been in the chat tonight as, um, I think, the Christian homestead wife or farm wife um, in the chat. So we're going to be out there at their shop. And it looks like a Degum church. It's awesome. It's I'm really excited about this. Abigail's going to be singing. Their daughter Vivian's going to be singing. They've got... Um, their aunt is going to be singing. Lee and I are going to be singing. We're going to be just praying for people. We're going to bring the power of God and bring Holy Spirit. So I, I want to encourage you guys, if you can drive out to Oxford, Indiana, this coming Saturday, starting at five, there's going to be food. Um, if you need to sleep overnight in the shop floor, it's heated. <laughs> so I want to encourage you guys. We've got people coming from all over for this revival. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, and then Friday is our regular show that we do. We will not be live on Brighteon TV this Friday or next Friday, um, but we will be doing our regular after show at seven. Are we going to start at seven? Mm -hmm. We won't start at six, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll start at seven on on Rumble and on Facebook. Um, I want you to be looking for the interview that we're going to be doing with that we've done with Charlita Bassett. Um, it's fire. Last but not least, this is I've got my mom wants me to play a little meme to bring some lightness to this. Um, but last night, Jay Slay USA on Rumble, and we have a stink bug flying around here. They're on, very, it's fucking um, in the spirit. It's very, you know, excited about all this. Jeremy Slayton. It's, it's literally Jay Slay USA on, um, Rumble. Actually, let me look up. I think it's just, maybe it's just Jay Slay. I think it's Jay Slay, Slay USA. It's Jeremy Slayton. I was just there. Oh, shoot. Anyway, Jeremy Slayton, let me just put that in there, is coming on Revelation Red Pill next week with us. He um, did an did episode. Share I shared it everywhere, actually. It's um, one, 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 one. What? It's one, 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 one. The time right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, it is right there. Right there. Yeah, there it is. Um, there it is, J Slay USA. Oh, it's, it's just J with the letter. Mm -hmm. J Slay USA. Um, he did a the true origin of dispensationalism, the rapture, and um, Christian Zionism. And he actually he had left a comment on one of our episodes, and he said, um, "Thank you guys for this episode." I'm paraphrasing here. I pulled from your Revelation Red Pill to to put this together, mm -hmm. and um, and I messaged and I watched it live, the premiere of it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is phenomenal! You've done a great job." And I asked him immediately if he wanted to come on our show. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. I said, can you come on next Wednesday? He said, mm -hmm. yes. So Revelation Red Pill next week is going to be with Jay Slay USA, Jeremy Slayton. Go ahead and follow him on, give him a follow on Rumble. That's J with the letter, J Slay, S-L-A-Y, USA, on Rumble. And watch that episode, The True Origin of Dispensationalism, the Rapture, and Christian Zionism. So good. Knocked it out of the park. Home run. He's a former professional baseball player. Um, For real? Yeah, he is. And, and here's the interesting thing. I, we were already friends on Facebook and several people have mentioned him to me before and I never looked him up until I saw the comment. And I was like, oh, let's check this out. And immediately I was like, okay, we're getting him on Revelation Red Pill. So super exciting. So you can look forward to that next Wednesday, the 14th Revelation Red Pill episode 48 with Jeremy Slade and Jay Slay USA on Rumble. Um, last but not least... Um, this past week, we streamed all day long 
on Saturday, the convoy. You can go and watch the whole thing. It was amazing. Everybody that watched it was like, oh my gosh. Then Saturday night, we did an after action report with Scott Kesterson on his new show, Gospel of Peace, which Leah and I will be regular guests on and we will be double streaming that on Resistance Chicks and on Scott's Rumble, so you'll get to see Scott on video once a week. So um, he does. He he works hard on his thumbnails. Oh, Jeremy Sladen. Yeah, yeah, he does really. Oh my gosh, he does phenomenal. <laughs> Jeremy has a professional, like a professional <laughs> show. I mean, like he does really cool videography and like he's a super cool guy. Um, <laughs> but this week, the Gospel of Peace will not be airing mm. because it'll be every Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It won't be airing because. We're going to be doing the revival that we'll be streaming. Scott had said he may be doing something with Cantrell's, but I don't think he will because I'm not sure if they're going to actually be um, in. But uh, so add that to your calendar is what I'm getting at. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Gospel of Peace, whether Leah and I are on or not, or he has another guest, we will be streaming that to his Rumble channel and our Rumble channel, assuming we're here, but we, sh we should be because it's, it's late enough that we should be home every Saturday for that. So. Um, just, I, I want you to add that to your calendar. Also adding to your calendar, two different things, going to resistancechicks.com, click on the, uh, show and event calendar on the website there. I don't know if that's the last, the final tab or not. Um, but if you click on the show and event calendar, it will take you to all of the different events that we have coming up. So a couple of really cool things happening this month. So this month, we've got the Dan Patch Revival next Saturday. Then Co-Creating with Heaven. This is going to be great. If you guys are in Ohio, join us. Pastor Devonese at Transformed Life Church in uh, Piqua, Ohio, all day long. It's 10, from 3, 10 to 3.30. Several people are going to be coming. We're going to be speaking, doing kind of like the basics of prepping and homesteading. Lee and I are going to be covering uh, chickens. So we're super excited about that. Then, of course, we've got April 8th, which is the uh, solar eclipse. We told you about that earlier. And then also, last but not least, very important, May 17th through 19th, Old School Survival Boot Camp. Get in now because every month that goes by, the price of the tickets go up. By $10. By $10. So if you're thinking about going and you want to go, consider going by the end of February mm -hmm. and use promo code RCHICKS at the checkout. You'll save 35% mm -hmm. on your three-day pass. So this 35%? camping. 35%? I think it's 35%. So camping, homesteading, bushcrafting, prepping, all of the above, you want to learn how to do anything at all, you want to be there at Old School Survival Boot Camp. This will be our third year there. Lee and I are teaching three classes, Constitution for Kids, Constitutional Money, and Soap Making. Um, so really excited about that. We want you guys to join us. So that is what we have coming up. And stay tuned to the show and event calendar. You can actually subscribe to our Google Calendar, which will overlay all of our shows. And then I try to remember to add any last-minute shows to that. So you'll see it. It'll pop up on your Google Calendar when we have a special episode that we're going to be doing. So I think that that covers everything. We'll see you on Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Rumble, Facebook. You know the routine. And then on Sunday for our World News Program, Leah, phenomenal show. Even Be when you don't see me, I'm working. That was good. Even when you don't hear me, I'm working. I never stop. I never stop working. I never stop. I never stop working. If you didn't catch the beginning, you have to catch mm. the beginning. The Holy Spirit is flowing like fire. Yes. All right. So. Very good. All right. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth. And we will see you next time right here mm. from resistancechicks.com.
Love you guys. Just kidding. Mom asked for the meme. Mom asked for you to show a meme. You ready? A funny meme. Yeah. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Let me do it on screen. This share. is cool. Like when you have the ending, it's not really an ending. Yeah. I like those. Okay. Like that. I always now, sit. Now, I don't know how small this is if you can wait. see this, but it says um, the Holy Spirit trying to get my attention when I'm distracted by oh, other things. Okay. Yeah. This is this was mine from earlier today. Okay. Let's see if I can get it to go. And look at me. Hey, look at me. What did I say? No. Come here. Look at me. Hey. Look at me. This what is my favorite day. No. Come here. Look at me. Hey. Hey. This what is the Holy Spirit. Ah, does to me. You want to? No. <laughs> I'm playing it again. I'm playing it again. It's my favorite meme. I'm gonna. I need hey, this. Hey. Come here. Look at me. Michelle, you hey, wanna argue with look me? Look at me. Hey. What did I say? Hey, no. Me. Come here. Look at me. Hey. Hey. Look at me. What? No. Come here. Look at me. Hey. Hey. What? Ah. You want to? No. Where's the Bible one? Which Bible one? Will you read your Bible? Meet people in heaven. This goes with this. We have to do one more. This okay. is the this is the Lord of the Rings ending. It is the Lord of the Rings ending. Hang on. <laughs> so Michelle plays this for me last, last night. Was that just last night? Did yeah. I share? But I didn't. Did I? Was wait. Did hang you on, not which find? One? Was that the one which that you one? couldn't find? Was it the one with the the um the books? Okay, I have that. That one I can get. That one I can get up. I sent that one. See, I'm. It, it's no secret. Okay, I Instagram. I like it. It brings joy to my life, and I, and my two best friends, we meme back and forth with each other all the time. So I, this is one that I had sent. Um, I gotta find it now. How far back it goes? Oh, here it is. Oh, this is so funny. You guys are just gonna die when you see this. Okay, these are. This is. You have to be. It's like an inside joke. If you don't know Bible, this may not be as funny to you. Okay, as it was to me, but. Um, it's, it says, um, the book of Leviticus be like, this is what the book of, Le of Leviticus is like. So hang on, let this load. No, not this one. Oh, well, we'll play this one too. I don't know which one you're talking about. When you get to heaven. I told you that that left my screen and I can't find it. I laughed so hard at that one. Can you do it? Th that's why we were saying, oh, you have it. We're excited. But I don't have it. Hang on. This is the book of Leviticus. Let me unmute this. Undercook overcook. You make an appointment with a dentist and you don't show up, believe it or not, jail right away. Wait, let me play it again. That's that was the end. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. Slow, jail. You're charging too high prices for uh, sweaters, glasses. You right to jail. You undercook fish, believe it or not, jail. You overcook chicken, also jail. Undercook overcook. You make an appointment with a dentist and you don't show up, believe it or not, jail right away. <laughs> that is literally the book of Leviticus. Jail for everybody. And actually what he missed is there's some death thrown in there too. Okay, so here's what we will do. I will scour the internet for that meme and it'll give you the reason to come back on Friday. Okay, well, we'll find it and we'll find it. You better um, read that Bible. You better read the Bible. You better read that Bible. Do you want to tell the joke right now? No, I don't remember how it went. Exactly. All I just remember is laughing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you, you ready? Yeah. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Can you, can you do it? So, how many of you guys have read the Bible from cover to cover? Right. Not, this, this is the not way the guy does. counting the maps and the appendixes. Right. You know? Okay. So, so and he says, okay. So, for the rest of you that haven't, don't get too upset yet. Right. And he goes, imagine. This is why you want to read the Bible from cover to cover. Imagine you go to heaven, you see Peter at the pearly gates, right? And Peter goes, hey, come over here. I want you to meet Obadiah. 
You meet Obadiah. Obadiah goes, hey, how'd you like my book? Wait, wait. What? You, 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 wrote, you a wrote a book? Who are you? You wrote a book? And, and, and so then he takes you over to Zephaniah. And he's like, Zephaniah's like, hey, man, how'd you like my book? You wrote a book, too? This is what we die. You want to be able to have make conversation. There's going to be a whole bunch of people you can't talk to up in heaven because you didn't read their book. Right. This is why you want to read the Bible cover to cover. Now, granted, we didn't deliver it as funny as it was. I died laughing with the way it was delivered in the meme. But that's the joke. Right. That's the joke. Okay. Okay. Can I end the show now? Yeah. One more time. With the ITM trading one. Um, You're making my life hard. Let's see. Let me see if it's right here. Do, 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 do. This is already the longest show on the planet. But that's, it's the ending. You no, can just end with it. I can't. She got them all sideways. Because they take up too much space. See, this is OBD, not it. my pillow. Okay. Mom's thing. Where's mom's thing? I know. It should it say ITM trading. Indiana Revival, JPEG, Palestine. Leah. I don't see it. I'm going to have to find it another time. Okay. Okay. Go with Kira. No, I know, but it would. Here it is. There look we go. Me. Look at look at us go. Okay, so first I have to play through the ad. That's on what our I ad. know. I messed up. We have an ad on the so ad. So watch watch what I'm doing Skip. here. Are you watching? No, I wait. think there's two. I know there will be two. I didn't Rumble know gives there two was ads two. Now. This is we have to watch the ads on our own show. Can you believe it? Now wait, I'm not done. Now now press pause. Rewind. Why don't you just download this instead of having to play the Rumble yeah. link? I will, but I hadn't done that yet. It was the day that I did it. Okay. Smarter, not harder. Talk about the failure of the dollar. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst at ITM Trading, a student, a banker, and a stockbroker. After all, the dollar's been around since you were born. The fact that according to the Federal Reserve, there is only three cents of purchasing power left in the U.S. dollar. The FDIC only has a little more than one penny in reserve for every insured dollar in the FDIC insured banks. The money of the U.S. began to transition in 1913. Governments and corporations had two key goals. Number one, governments wanted to be able to tax the public invisibly and without legislation. And number two, corporations wanted to pay employees less, but they had to do it invisibly. Building inflation into the currency accomplishes both those goals. 20th of an ounce of gold coin, which is about half the size of my pinky fingernail, or this one ounce silver, or a dollar bill. All of them at that time would buy 11 loaves of bread. Either be a dollar, maybe it buys a quarter of a loaf. The silver dollar still buys you 11 loaves of bread. The $1 gold coin buys you, the last time I checked, about 135 loaves of bread. 